Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Welcome, everybody, to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. have a lot of stuff to go over tonight. It's going to be just fun, fun, fun. We're going to have live callers later calling in and reading their work on the air. That's uh, going to take up the bulk of the show. If you want to call in and read tonight, the number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. Alrighty, you can call in and read. I've got some announcements and things to go over, though, before we get started here. Um, I just wanted to uh, remind everybody that next month, the month of April, is National Poetry Month. So I want you to start thinking about what you're going to be doing to celebrate your craft and I want you to really think. Be creative. I mean, we're artists. We are creative souls. We, you know, uh, don't do, don't, no, no artist has ever earned the title of master artist by doing the conventional. I want you to think outside the box. Do something weird. Do something crazy. Do something unique. Um, do something dangerous, okay? <laughs> um, but I want you to think about, use that artistic side of you and think of something that you can do to really celebrate your craft in a way, writing, uh, poetry, in a way that means something to you, okay? Like one of my goals is, because I'm very much into my Celtic heritage and I like doing weird things and, I, I you know, I like... Whatever it is, if it could be done a simple way, that's not the way I do it. I make it all complicated and fun and crazy. I don't do well when I'm unattended. (laughs) I end up making messy with my muses, let me tell you. So what I've decided to do for my personal goal, for one of my personal goals during National Poetry Month, is I'm going to either handwrite if time permits, and actually I just had the surgery on my hand, so I may not be able to do that. If I can't do that, then I'm going to print them, but I'm going to print out 30 sheets, 30 poems, 30 different poems, and or pick out maybe five or six of them that I like, and, and but just so that I have a total of 30 poems on some really pretty parchment paper that I bought. Okay, I'm going to print them out, and then I'm going to roll them and do the ribbon tie around them and then seal them with an actual wax seal like they would have done on a document back in the olden days, in medieval days. Okay, so I'm going to create 30 of those, and I'm going to keep them in a bag in my car. And before the end of the month is over, I'm going to hand those scrolls uh, at some point, maybe, you know, five in one day, maybe none the next day, maybe seven the day after that, you know. But I'm going to give out all, hand it to them and walk away. do 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 <laughs> Okay, so that's one of the things that I'm that I'm going to do. So, I mean, everybody does the uh, I'm going to write one poem a month or one a poem a day uh, for the whole month. Everybody does that or tries to at least, you know. So think of something different besides besides the predictable. Nobody's ever been called master by doing what was predictable. 
that's a good quote. Somebody should write that down for me and then remind me I said it later. Anyway, <laughs> oh, these brilliance, these moments of brilliance that we have. <laughs> um, so there's lots of different things that you can do, that you can uh, think of, you know, some ideas for doing something creative for National Poetry Month. Um, what if you you know, got together with some poetic friends in your area, maybe your local poetry group, whatever, and called an old folks home in the neighborhood and went and volunteered to go in and do a poetry reading of classic poems for the residents. I mean, that would be pretty freaking awesome. Or what if you do the whole, you know, go out and make those poetry rocks like we do over at our uh, worldwide poetry project we have going on, Um, you know, put poetry on rocks and go out and hide them and you can check out that project by the way by going over to uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash rock that poem and uh, maybe you know that's something you could do carry around these poetry rocks in your pockets and just play some different places throughout the whole month 30 of them um, so April National Poetry Month think be creative what we do to celebrate your art next month that is next month, and today is today. So something new I started this month, um, it's something called Today Is, such as last Thursday we learned that it was Learn About Butterfly Days, and the Thursday before that was International Women's Day. Um, so I think that we're going to continue to do this, and I'll explain a little bit more why next week, because this is going to be something ongoing. But I wanted to let you guys know, just in case some of you didn't know, that today is National Fragrance Day. Okay? So March 21st is Happy Fragrance Day. So I wanted to go over, like we did for the butterflies, I want to go over some things you may not know about fragrance. And why would I possibly do this? Because only when we have input do we have output. All right? So I'm going to start sharing some different things you may not know about fragrance. And uh, as I read through these, I want you to kind of think about how you could use these examples or this information and twist it in a way that you can use it um, use it in your in your poetry. Okay, so, I mean, it's like, okay, the, the art of creating perfume dates all the way back to the Egyptian times, and it's gone through some, some I'm reading part of this, I'm reading this, so I didn't write this part. <laughs> um, um, it's gone through some cra- crazy and interesting, weird transformations since then, since the Egyptians. So I was reading that on a page, and so I went through, and I went through a whole bunch of different pages on the Internet, and I, I gathered together some really interesting facts about perfumes and scents and things like that. As I go through these again, I want you to seriously look at ways you can twist and mold these into metaphors or ideas, description analogies. You know, how could you use some of these things about Happy Fragrance Day (laughs) that we've gathered together? How could you use those when describing something in your poetry? All right, so first of all, um, uh, uh, perfume had a very strange beginnings. There's this place, a substance called ambergris, and it's one of the most valuable raw materials in perfumery. <laughs> Try saying that three times really fast. Um, it's an ingredient used in poetry, and it also happens to be made in the intestines of a sperm whale. So it's like whale vomit. Who knew whale vomit could smell so good, right? But it's one of the, the, the super most valuable ingredients they use in poetry, or I mean in perfume. So, yeah. 
Give me a spritz of whale vomit. I'm good to go. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right, think about this. Your nose doesn't know. All right. So apparently your nose gets used to your, like, your signature fragrance. You know, if you work in, you know, if you're around someone who smokes all the time, pretty soon you don't smell the smoke anymore. If you work in a bakery, pretty soon you don't smell the bread. If you wear a fragrance like perfume and stuff, so think about this. If you wear your signature fragrance, okay, you can only smell it when you first apply it because your nose gets used to that as being a dominant scent. So you can sit there and you only smell it when you first put it on, but it says pay close attention that you don't overspritz for the sake of those people around you. So how could you use that as an example to describe, uh, for example, someone doing something they're not even aware they're doing anymore? You know, your your nose doesn't even know your own fragrance anymore because it's become such a part of you type of an example. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying you can use these and twist them around, you know, into tools to write with. Um, musk, did you know that musk is actually a potent reddish-brown substance secreted from the male musk deer? Um, since it requires killing endangered animals, it's rarely used for perfume today. And I was like, ah, oh, did that really say secreted from? But it didn't say where it was secreted from, and I think I'm really glad they didn't. Um, but, yeah, this also musk is, this musk, uh, the number one fragrance for producing the hormone reaction in women, influence, influencing the motivation to engage in sexual behaviors. So out of every other scent in the world, that is the one, that, that reddish-brown from the musk, male musk deer, is uh, that musk scent is, yeah, that, that curls our toes, I'm guessing, apparently, from this information I found. All right, so that would be an interesting, you know, talking about that. something For the bacon lover, moving on. For the bacon lover, in case you want another way to enjoy your favorite breakfast food, you can now wear it. Bacon by... Fergononi, at $36, was started in 1920 by a Parisian butcher who realized he could dramatically lift his customers' moods with a blend of 11 essential oils. See, all you hippies with your essential oils think it's something new and new age and you're, you know, no, it's been around a while. 11 essential oils plus the essence of bacon. So you can buy bacon perfume. Oh, my God. Right? I'm on that. Um but a fragrance, when we talk about fragrance, we don't just talk about perfumes. Like, it just smells, the smell, you know, the sense of the world. So did you know that people can detect at least one trillion distinct scents? One trillion. Think of how that's, how I mean, distinct different smells it can store away. That's got to be something poetic in there. All right, so also... You know how they say, you know, if a dog jumps you, don't act, they can smell your fear type thing. You can smell fear and disgust. You can smell feelings of fear and disgust through sweat, and you can experience the same emotion. And some people call something like that, you know, they say, I'm an empath, um, empathy. You know, I'm, I'm very strong at this. And But, it, you know, really when it boils right down to it, the mammals that we are, you know, when they say that, you know, you can you, you can smell fear, you can smell, you know, it's the same thing for us. We are mammals, you know. And, uh, you know, when the, the truth of it is it's just as basic and primal as that. Um, you know, you can smell fear. 
You can actually, there's an actual smell for that. That's pretty powerful when you think about that there really is an actual scent for the emotion, fear, as all, all emotions have a scent attached to them. So think about how you could use that in, in the use of your poet. Poetry. Um, smell is one of the oldest senses. Even single-cell animals have a way to detect chemical composition of the environment. You know, so smell is the the number one thing uh, that that motivates our brain, and it's also the oldest one. I mean, even a single cell creature doesn't even have a heart or a brain, like a jellyfish, I guess. Maybe I wonder. Do they have noses? I don't know. We'll find out later. Women have a better sense of smell than men, um, and they say that the reason of that was maybe it's better developed because we have more of the uh, orbital prefrontal region of the brain active. And was we developed that skill, being able to detect and discern the best possible mates, and to help us bond better with our our and understand our unborn or our, our newborn children. Yeah. Okay, that's fun. That's got to be something in there for you, writers. Um, each human has their distinct odor, like a fingerprint. You know, so think about that when you're you know, trying to describe how unique and amazing something is or she is to you. You know, she, I mean, just the scent of her has her, it's its, it's her own fingerprint. You know, there's, it's, there's this, that's pretty, I think that's pretty cool. You can use that with doing something. Um, your sense of smell counts for like 70 to, 75 to 90% of the impact flavor has. You know, so think about that. You know, how can you use that? Um, there's just a whole bunch of really incredible potential for comparative and linked uses in your writing when you go through something and you look at the facts about it because now when you think about it, you say, wow, I can I can compare that to the sense of smell. Where if you didn't know that, you didn't have that input, that knowledge input into your brain, the next time you're sitting down and writing about it, that wouldn't even be, that wouldn't even be in the running for an option because you never inputted it into your brain. So that's what th- doing things like this, you know, just learning things, learning random facts is pretty awesome. And I'm going to read you a piece next week that I wrote that I did a long time ago by doing that, and I didn't even know I was doing that. But, yeah, I'll, you'll, I'll explain that then. Um, what I thought was really cool is how your sense of smell can trigger memories. Uh, like they were talking about 75% of the population when they describe the smell of their youth, they use the, the smell as Crayola crayons. Seventy-five percent of people, you know, how do you describe the smell of your youth? Seventy-five percent of people say Crayola crayons. That's how powerful the sense of smell is, bringing back imagery, how, how strong it is in being able to create something absolutely concrete. You know, so you're talking about smell, you're talking about an action, but because the comparison is so strong, it makes it concrete. Anyway, so what I want you to do, this part, this brings me to your journal assignment for this week. And last uh, couple weeks ago we talked about our journal, so you need to have a journal because every week I'm going to be giving you a writing assignment, which is just exactly that, something to sit down and write in your journal. We also do a writing prompt, 
and we do a writing exercise every week. So um, this is a new one to add to the other two we were already doing, but it's kind of fun. And I love that you're going to have a journal completely separate that you handwrite with an ink pen in to do this. What I want you to do is I want you to sit down, and I want you to write down every smell that is memorable to you, personally to you, throughout your entire lifetime. Think about all the smells that mean something to you. And then after you write down the smells, like, you know, um, you don't laugh at me, but this would be on one of my list, is the smell of a um, tire store. You know, when you go in and buy to Goodrich and you go or, or Les Schwab's and you go in to buy tires, that tire smell, I love that smell. I can't even tell you. It's like, oh, there's no other smell like it in the world. To me, it's very strong and pungent, and I just love that smell. Anyway, so that would be on my list. And then I would, so I would write down new tire smell or ti- the smell of a tire store. And then underneath that, underneath each spell that you or a smell that you write down, I want you to write down every single way you can describe what that smell means to you, what it makes you think of, what emotion it brings, what image do you see when you think about that smell. Look around, you know, what do, you, you know, what do I see when I smell, the, you know, have that smell of tires, what images does my brain create? You know, and when you can stumble on those that are so palpable, that's when you can use it in a poem. And you, and you can knock the reader's feet out from underneath them when they're reading it because it creates such a strong emotional impact on the reader. And you really want to do those things. So, you know, when we're doing these exercises and these these uh, assignments and things like that, it's all of this is doing things to help us grow as a writer. So write down every scent that you can think of that means something to you. You know, just start making a huge list, maybe a couple per page so you have to write, room to write under them, however you want to do it. And then write down every single thing that you can associate, image, emotion, memory, whatever it is that you can associate with that smell, both good and bad. All right? Writing them down, committing them to paper, kind of like sewing them into your subconscious. So the next time you sit down to write, you're going to be, uh, you'll be able to pull from that. You know, and it's also really good way to, you know, keep these journals, doing these assignments and stuff like this, being able to go back later on and look at it and reread it and revisit and and uh, explore past thoughts and revise or add to, you know, just constantly having that input of your own into your back into your brain. Um, you know, you can go out there and look for inspiration, but there's nobody's words that will touch you deeper than your own. So there's nobody who can inspire you more than you can inspire yourself. So these journals are a pretty awesome tool for you. Um, so I'm really hoping that you do that. All right, so that this brings me, next this brings me to uh, our writing exercise. So that's your writing assignment. That's something that you're required to sit down and put pen to paper and, and do this assignment. This is an exercise. An exercise is meant to stretch your muscles. It's not meant to create anything great and wonderful uh, you know it's just meant to um, make you write write in a way you've not written before or think about something in a way you may not have thought about it before or you know explore a style or a voice or a feel or an emotion that may be out of your comfort zone because remember it's only when we're out of our comfort zones that we uh, can grow you know, we have to step outside our comfort zones, and things are usually only un- uncomfortable the first time you try them. Every time you do it, it gets easier and easier. 
We all know that from life's lessons. Um, so something really fun is I want you to I want you to write rewrite. I'm going to play a piece for you here real quick by Billy Collins called Litany. But your exercises, and you don't ever have to show this to anyone. Remember that exercises are just meant to get dirty and play and have fun and make messy with muses on paper. Move your pen. Um, so I want you to find a, a classic poem, uh, or it can be a modern poem. But if you if you find a classic poem, I want you to rewrite the classic poem. Like say you were to go out and you were going to take. Um, uh, the poem Alone by Edgar Allan Poe, which is my, one of my absolute favorite Poe poems ever. It's called Alone. If you were to take that poem written in the old language, how would you rewrite the exact same poem using modern up-to-date language and examples? So find a classic poem and rewrite it in a brand new way. Okay. Or I want you to find a classic poem and write a response to it. Or a response, you know, a, a read, you just read this poem and it impacted you in a way that you absolutely had to just respond to that poem. So, uh, you know, write a response to the poem or the poet of the poem. And as an example of that, I'm going to play this piece called Litany by Billy Collins real quick because he is explaining perfectly with this poem that he's going to read what this exercise is doing because it's what he did. So here we go. This is Billy Collins with Litany. Be right back. Here's a poem that um, I like to read, which is kind of another, it just connects with that one because it's uh, also stealing something from another poet. And a lot of this stuff goes on rather covertly that I'm not going to tell you about, but some of it, there are are different kinds of uh, thefts, and some of them are daylight daylight, um, crimes, just knocking over a jewelry store at noon, but another stuff is like a second story, guys. But this is very open. I, I take the two lines, first two lines of someone else's poem and rewrite it for them, which is, uh, this is this is done out of courtesy. Uh, to, when you see a poem that doesn't seem to get, you know, that seems to fail, you can just rewrite it and and, and improve upon it that way. So, so this is, a, uh, I came across this love poem in a magazine and uh, it's a series of um, comparisons in which uh, the poet um, relies on a very uh, ancient um, device in, in, in Western love poetry, uh, at least dating back to the Middle Ages, which is to compare the beloved to various things in the world, and therefore, by flattering her, so your eyes are like stars and whatnot, you, um, you make headway. And um, the... Um, so he, uh, his poem really is a wheel-spinning exercise in these kinds of comparisons, about 40 lines of just the same stuff. You're like, you know, this, you're this and that. So he begins by saying to the uh, beloved, um, he says, you are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine. Litany. You are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine. You are the dew on the morning grass and the burning wheel of the sun. You are the white apron of the baker and the marsh birds suddenly in flight. 
However, you are not the wind in the orchard, the plums on the counter, or the house of cards. And you are certainly not the pine-scented air. There is no way you are the pine-scented air. (laughs) It is possible that you are the fish under the bridge, maybe even the pigeon on the general's head, but you are not even close to being the field of cornflowers at dusk. And a quick look in the mirror will show that you are neither the boots in the corner nor the boat asleep in its boathouse. It might interest you to know, speaking of the plentiful imagery of the world, that I am the sound of rain on the roof. I also happen to be the shooting star, the evening paper blowing down an alley, and the basket of chestnuts on the kitchen table. I am also the moon in the trees and the blind woman's teacup. But don't worry, I am not the bread and the knife. You are still the bread and the knife. You will always be the bread and the knife not to mention the crystal goblet and somehow the wine. So that piece was by Billy Collins called Litany, and he did exactly that. He took a poem written by someone else and wrote a direct response to that poem. Um, in this case, just totally rewriting it and writing it to the uh, the author of the poem. And I absolutely love that piece. I cannot even tell you. He's a, one of, absolutely one of my very favorite. I relate to him and his style of writing really well. One of my favorite contemporary poets of our time. And uh, just really, really respect him as a writer. If you're not familiar with Billy Collins, um, shame on you. <laughs> Run to your local library and, and check out some poems or, or Google it online and read some of his work. He's incredible. He's got some really great videos, too. Uh, all over YouTube of his work that he's done, recorded on various television broadcasts and and speaks throughout the country. So, yeah, check him out. All right. So what I want to do now is give you your writing. That was your exercise, by the way, writing, exercise, writing. (laughs) Write a response to or rewrite a old poem in a new language. Write a response to a poem or poet or rewrite an old poem in new language, classic poem in new language. Okay. Uh, then your writing prompt. Your writing prompt is different than a writing exercise. Prompt is, and it's really funny because I always write notes before I start the show so that I keep myself on track. Otherwise, it's, I would really go off on tangents. But I'm, I'm reading this note, and sometimes I just know what I'm going to say. So this is what my note says. It says, writing prompt, different than an exercise, blah, blah, blah. So that that's what I'm reading on my paper on my notes right now. So writing prompt different than an exercise, blah blah blah. Your prompt for this week, again, it can be used for either the title of the poem. It's just meant to plant a seed. A prompt is, but the intent is to create a finished uh, poem from the prompt, have it grow into a finished poem. Uh, it can be the concept of the poem. It can be the title of the poem. It can be a line used in the poem. Um, but it has to be inspired by that, all righty? So the prompt for this week is primal. Primal. So 
So you can use it as a title, as the concept of, the inspiration for, a line in, uh, seed planted, grow up home. Yay, have fun. All right. <laughs> Next, I would like to play a recording from one of you poets who always uh, start and end every episode with an audio track from one of you guys. And we try to, depending on the callers that call in, we try to play as many of those during the uh, night as we can. Uh, most normally it's just beginning and ending of the show. If you are a recording artist and you have something in MP3 format, you can send that to me. You can send it to my email address. The word that is in the email address, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put audio recording, MP3 files, something like that in the subject line for me. We can get that uploaded to the show's library and play it for the world. All right, so the poem that I picked out to start the show with this week is by Iwan Bedford, and it's called Girl Behind the Mask, and we will be right back with you after this. The girl behind the mask doesn't understand that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And it doesn't matter how many times that I've told her, she still relies on the opinions of people who don't realize that what they see as shy is in fact the feeling of lonely, the feeling of whatever she does is not quite good enough, the feeling of constantly disappointing the people closest who only want to see her happy. But instead they have to watch the deterioration and can do nothing, can do nothing but hope and pray that one day the girl behind the mask can finally say, with content and honesty to herself, I'm happy. I can put these feelings of no self-worth on the shelf and live on and build up my life and repair myself in the past and can finally say to myself that at last I've done it. I've beaten the demons inside my soul, the demons who did nothing but make my thoughts and my life cold, the ones who made me contemplate my life, my confidence, my existence and my future, made me feel hurt that can't be fixed with a surgical suture. The ones who made me panic when I even left my room As if the world was out to get me As if one day soon my day will come When I can't take any more The burden of depression has left me too sore There's no other option No other way It's time Time to give my life away The girl behind the mask doesn't see That her strength shines so much brighter You see, the girl behind the mask Doesn't know what she's capable of it's as if she's blind to how happy she makes everyone. Puts a smile on the face of a person feeling down. She's blind to the fact that she can turn a sad day around and make people smile from ear to ear. But when she takes off the mask, she's filled with nothing but fear. Fear of what the next day is going to be for her. As if she's waiting for her sentence and there's nothing but rumors being spread about her. The girl behind the mask is the definition of beauty, the meaning of strength. She needs to know that it's the beauty of everyone who cares to help in the fight, to make her realize that her life is her life. To understand there's nothing to be afraid of. She has family and friends who will show depression what they're made of. Behind the mask needs to lift her head up and open her eyes and realize that she'll never be alone. As much as she may feel it, the pain she's feeling now, happiness will heal it. So be strong and proud of the person you are, because with strength and power, the end of these feelings isn't far. 
you can smile, sing, dance around and live the life you've been deprived of, the life you haven't felt, the life you've lived contemplating an overdose or a belt. The life you've lived where eating has made a living hell, the life you've lived where everything goes wrong, but I promise that one day you can sing the song of courage and bravery and you'll be free from the emotional pain of mental anxiety. Stand with me now, girl behind the mask, listen to these words to yourself, you must ask. Why am I letting this take over? And then look in the mirror and witness your beauty. And as hard as it seems, you need to smile, it's your duty. And then see your pain as an emotional journey, a bumpy ride that as long as it seems, remember that certainly there'll be a destination waiting for you where you can be happy at last. But please be strong. That was Iwan Bedford with Girl Behind the Mask. Amazing piece. Check him out over on YouTube. You'll find a lot more of his work. Absolutely incredible artist. All right, guys. We are now down to the part of the show where what comes next. So the number to call in if you'd like to call in and read tonight, the number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All right. We do take callers. This, was, this is what you can expect if you're on hold. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 910 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on the air, please be courteous and introduce yourself. I may know who you are, but there's going to be people who are listening for the first time tonight and people listening to this in the archives who may not know who you are. So you always want to introduce yourself so they know who you are. And it's also really important, anytime you send your work out there into the world, you have your name attached to it. All right? You don't ever want to send your, your creative works out there and, and uh, have anonymous get credit for them. That's no fun. So, yeah, make sure you introduce yourself. And then right now you can do two poems. Uh, if that changes and the phone lines get too busy, I may need at some point to cut that back down to one poem. All right. The only exception to that rule is that if you bring your homework, assignment, or writing prompt back to the show that you've gotten from the show, then even if we are on a one-poem limit, you can still read two poems. You can read your homework, assignment, writing prompt, and the regular poem you would normally read during the week. All right, but right now we're good at two pieces. You're good to go. Uh, go ahead and have those ready. Then when you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. Have that handy because you want to make sure that people know how to come over and find you and get to know you and your work better and uh, you know just create that whole networking circle. So make sure you have your URL ready for everybody. And then please remember that we have a mature rating. So you are bound to hear just about anything on this show, and we normally do, and then some. <laughs> but we do not have an adult rating. So no bumping body parts, no tag. A and a slot B, no porn poems, and we're good to go. Alrighty. So with that said, I am going to go ahead and bring on our first caller. I'm going to go ahead and give you the first three, 
so you kind of have a heads up if you're coming up quickly. Our first caller comes, as I said, comes from nine one zero, then seven three four and two one six. Nine one zero seven three four two one six. All right, nine one zero, you are on the air. Hey Nyla. Hey sweetie, how are you doing? I'm good, always good. Even when I say I'm, even when I say I'm not good, I'm always good. <laughs> <laughs> it is very good to hear from you, Glenn. Do you want to introduce yourself to everyone? Uh, yeah, I'm Glenn uh, Sill, S-T-I-L-O, and uh, I'm um, somewhat of a poet. Is that somewhat enough? of a poet. <laughs> somewhat, yeah. What are you going to share with us, love? Uh I got you pretty back in my eyes, the location of your hips and my hands, sweet surrender. As I look at what could be possible, the endless senses, keep my history of heaven's touch, forty from the spoon we both draw from. You're like an angel. I can't sleep without dreams of we might take it till hell rolls over on top of us, measure you into me. I want to give you pleasures like you've never known. Say things like, I'll never do you wrong. Will you treat me right? 24, like 48. Does it get any more difficult than that? And when I go to sleep and I wake up with you, try to remind you, steal the words from your lips. You say you're, I'm a brat. But I'm like that. And so are you. So you do the most difficult things. You say, hey, how did you just get caught on Saturday night on the Hollywood Boulevard? Should I try to remember this? And Do I want to keep you close? We can go from anywhere, somewhere off the coast of Catalina and back to L.A., into Seattle, towards Nashville. Run up on some people you want to introduce me to, but I'm not that asphyxiated with fortune or fame. I can get along with broken pieces all by myself. It's called poetry. My name is Glenn Stone. Glenn, I absolutely love that. You know, it's really funny. I just wrote a poem for you really fast. I wrote it while you were reading that poem. Okay. Do do you want me to read it and read my poem about Glenn Still? You're You're supposed to say yes. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so this is my this is the poem I, mean, I, don't I just know how wrote. This, go, so, uh, this is a poem gonna... I just wrote for Glenn Steele called "Glenn Steele Calls Into the Speakeasy." He wrote it while I was while I was writing this. While I was while you were reading yeah. this one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's okay. Got I just now wrote it as you were reading this. Okay, so this is my poem that I wrote for Glenn Steele called "Glenn Steele Calls Into the Speakeasy." Oh, my. Is he talking to to me, about me? His hands on my hips? Huh? Oh, wait. This is his poem. Simple as that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the poem I just wrote for you. Because you never, you never, you, I'm sitting there talking to you, and you never say, okay, this is my poem titled blah. I'm talking to you, and you just immediately start reading the first line of the poem. So I'm talking to you, and then all of a sudden you're saying, you know, um, my hands on your hips. I'm, wait, is he still talking? Oh, no, shit. Oh, he's reading his poem now. 
So that was a poem I wrote for you. I love that. Like it? Thank you so much. I'll, I'll type it out and send it yeah. to you, love. <laughs> yeah, and one day I'll get my hand on your I get my hands on your hips, and it'll be great. For you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! All right, so here's my second piece. Since I'm out here, I got to remind myself to be quick on my feet. Hope like fuck, no one notices I'm in dire straits. Could use a pocket full of change to tend to my addiction without you passing judgment. I'm cold as fuck, and I'm going to stay that way. Even when I'm warmed up, smother me in your kisses. I've been, one, I've been there once or twice. I'll leave before the sun breaks. Baby, you got it all going. I hate to be rude, but if, I don't mind, but if you don't mind, I'm kicking the back door down, and I'm going to kick it open. Since I'm a stranger with no ambition to hold you, I'll tell you, I'll be right back. But you know I won't. Never said a word other than, I'm good as gone. This is called Burnout. My name is Ren Still. And I'm somewhat of a poet. <laughs> yeah, somewhat, guys. He's somewhat of a poet. Glenn, that was awesome. Absolutely. The, the ending was absolutely, that, that cold, chill, perfect, perfectly written ending to that piece. That was well, impressive. you know, you know, you mentioned earlier that you like Poe, and I think, well, Poe is absolutely one of my favorites, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Because he always had this way to just like dive into this um, this dark, dark place, and kind of, you know, with Poe, it was different in those days. He he dove into dull, play, dark places, and he, he he kind of couldn't find his way out, and that was good back then. You know what I mean? But now mm-hmm. we have this other uh, symposium where you want to find your way out. You want to, you know, because, I don't know, I, I think you want to make everything, well, you want to leave it with some kind of happenstance. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Who the fuck knows what poetry is? Poetry is its, poetry is its greatest ambition from a person with words that don't really know how to use them. And they're just trying and trying and trying. I'll leave you to that. That is a perfect place to leave me. I'm sitting there. There's so much I want to say right now, but I know that if I do, I'm going to talk for another 20 minutes, and we've got a bunch of callers on hold, so I'm not going to do that to them, but great pieces. Awesome job, Glenn. All right. Love you, girl. You want to tell everyone how to find you? Uh, well, you know, I'm thinking about leaving Facebook because – I just read that they had like 200 million uh, passwords that were uh, available to, you know, whoever. And I don't like that, but um, you can find me on Facebook for right now, but eventually I think I'm going to move to, um, fuck, even the Instagram is owned by Facebook. I don't know, man. Maybe I'll just stop writing. I'm serious. Okay. Uh, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I don't like my shit put out there. How is that for a professional sound effect? <laughs> yeah, I just don't like the the capability of, uh, of publicized privacy information out there, you know. And I've had a lot of friends that, um, yeah, you know, my response way, to that is you know? they say things like that about every single site out there. They said about it, MySpace, everything else, and we don't know what stories are true or what what's. The, the whole aspect of it. So the, the simple thing is, just don't ever put anything online that you don't want everyone to know. You know, and yeah, have a different see, password for everything. I know. So I mean, you yeah. want your poetry out there. So someone hacks in and gets your poetry, yeah, but I don't and want Glenn spills everywhere. Password. 
I know. You know? I know. Come but on. You don't I mean, know that they do. I got enough we crazy bitches out there trying to find me. You know? <laughs> I know. And I don't right, mean darling. that. You're, I don't mean that. Hold on. Just so you know that you got this straight, women, I do not mean that you're. I do not mean that appropriately to you. There's a bunch of crazy motherfucking males that are out there trying to find me, whatever reason as well. So, it, but <laughs> it's just not cordial. Hey, we earned our stripes. We don't your, care. Yeah, well, yes, you definitely. Women have earned their stripes with me. Because if I'm writing about you, you've earned you've earned your stripes. And if I'm not <laughs> writing about you, you just you just didn't. You really don't measure well. Just, I don't want to go there because it, that wouldn't be appropriate either. But um, but if I'm writing about a woman, I'm writing about her because she's uh, last longing. She's she's touched something in my soul, and I think you know what? Let's go back to Poe. I think that was Poe was what he was about, you know. And even in death, you know, he wrote a lot about death. Um, I'm an advocate. I'm a strong, strong. Um, how would you say a purveyor of Poe's poetry? Because I think that he touched on something that no other human being has ever done. He's actually touched on death and life and love, and, but he put it in such a uh, indemnifying way that you know you have to wonder: is is this guy really sane? Is he really? You know, I think, in my sane? opinion, I think that Poe's writing for me is probably literarily at least, the first most true and deepest and honest look at what deep Absolutely. depression looks like. And it makes it very accessible to us because we all have Poe in our head. We just never, yeah, but you know, it never had a voice you know, before that, that dark depression. You know, that, that There's parts of that that live in everybody. And so I think that that was what makes his writing so relatable is because he wrote about that dark dark emotional place that made us feel safe when he wrote about it. But you have to understand, he, he was coming from the church's uh, uh, indemnification of his writing as well. Okay, so the church has a lot has a lot to do with post poetry. In other words, um, you know, you're supposed to be cordial and you're supposed to be grandiose and you're supposed to be, you know, praising Jesus and and Poe went against the grain, and I think that's what made him uh, resolvent as a as number one as a poet, but number two as a foresight into. Um, I don't think Poe was depressed personally. I don't think he was. I, I think he saw uh, the true the true sides, uh, the two anomalies. Like um, I can do this. And I can write it out for you, and I can I, I can make it sound like you are right now because you're in depression, because you can't fucking feed your children, and so we got a lot of that going on, and you you can't you know you can't make a lot of bank because you know the world owns the world, and you know the rich people get richer and the poor people get poorer. I, I think Poe identified with that, and I, and I and I don't see Poe as a depressive poet at all. I see him as a realist. Glenn, Man, gotta reel it in. We're doing it. Like we're doing it. Huh? <laughs> I said Say you gotta reel now. it in. We're doing it. Bye. We're, we're doing that thing we're not supposed to do. <laughs> we're, we're, you, bye. You and I are terrible together. We just talk and talk. Bye. Love you, Glenn. Bye. See you later. Bye, sweetheart. Okay.
I could talk to him for absolutely forever. All right, so that was Glenn Still. Make sure you go check him out. Our next caller comes from area code 734. 734, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Dennis White from Michigan. Hello, Mr. White. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing mighty fine. It's a a beautiful Thursday night, and I'm on the air with Nyla. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here, hon. It's good to hear from you. Yes, it's good to be here. And uh, and, uh, an interesting uh, uh, read from uh, Glenn. I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, he's an amazing writer. So I'm excited to see what you brought, darling. All right. Well, the title of my poem is Nocturnal Vexation. And it goes like this. A nameless dread has breached my bed and has me in its vile grip. I try to deduce what set this thing loose to sidestep an ill-fated trip. The ominous lurks with dial perks. That's my onset perception. What will what will sail beyond this dark veil, this evil infused reception? This mortal coil avoids the soil, seeking a long, peaceful life. Woeful vexation stirs agitation, cuts to the quick like a knife. How do I flee? Down on my knee, an urgent, I utter an urgent prayer. No answer heard, no help occurred. My psyche is frail and bare. Yet, not a mourner, backed in a corner, I plant my feet firm for a fight. My faceless foe, quiet as Marceau, must be grinning in sheer delight. Then chimes my alarm to dispel any harm, being saved by a bell, so it seems. Though peace is restored, it can't be ignored. We'll meet again soon in my dreams. End of poem. That was so creepy. Awesome. <laughs> it was, it was, I had like these little shivers, and I'm not even sure why. That was so, you know, it would be really, really fun to do a whole series, of, of, to write a book, a chat book, in voices like that, you know, different identities. You know, yeah. each poem is, is something else. Remind me the title of that one again. The title is Nocturnal Vexation. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I think that uh, that would even be a fun one to have somebody act out, draw out, and do as a video. I think that the the whole visual interpretation of that piece would be really fun to do. Well, it would be an interesting project, but I, I wouldn't know where to start on anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done one either, you know, except for a slideshow type thing, but um yeah, that that would be a great one to do. That would I mean, even for me because I I mean, I'm I'm a writer, but I'm also a photographer and uh, I a sculptor and painter. I I mean, I do oh, if something sits down I do. Um <laughs> so, you know, when I'm listening to that except for music, I I you know, I'm still working on that one. Um 
but as you were as I was listening to that, my brain was playing out the images as it would go through, almost like it was one of those slow clicking uh nineteen twenty silent films, you know, clicking through mm-hmm. the different frames of how that would play out visually. So, you know, you were able to do that, um through writing that piece, through reading it and the way it was written, to be able to produce those images in my brain, which is pretty awesome. You know, and then for me to be able to see how, you know, almost like a film, it, it playing out before my eyes, um, it's inspiring for me as a photographer, the, photo, the photographer part of me, to try to create that now in images. That would be pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would be. <laughs> But you could do it. If anybody could do it, you could do it. <laughs> so send me, send email that poem to me if you don't mind. Send it on a message on Facebook or something, and and let me look at it. That might be fun to do this summer. I'll do that too for you. Yes, and thank you for allowing me to be here. I'm gonna step aside, let the next poet step up to the mic. My poetry may be found at allpoetry.com. I write under the pen name of Haiku Less. You with hyphens between the words. So there it is. Uh, let's let's awesome. move on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much, honey. All right. Take care. Bye, sweetheart. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 216. 216, you're on the air. I'm on the air. I'm a you are. Dennis is King of brevity, and <laughs> he's, so, he's so respectful and jolly. How he just like moves right on. He didn't even do two, did he? I don't know. Did, did he? he? Me? No, you didn't tell him. <laughs> oh, Dennis, Mama said you didn't read two, so you have to call back in. Okay. Yeah. So. Wow. It's hard to get him to talk. That's the king of brevity. <laughs> you still engaged him and got him to send you a poem. That was wild. Okay. I have so. ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, today I'm celebrating my daughter's birthday. So I'm in a melancholy type of mood. I went through all the poems that I dedicated to her, and of course I got everything on my page and everything. So mm-hmm. this one, the first one I'm going to do is called um, what I had to come to grips with. Uh, it's called Born to Die. <clears throat> Have you ever seen one of those children who was born to die, and they knew it? Have you seen the compassion and the sorrow being emitted from their eyes? Have you noticed the child born to die had an aurora of extraordinary radiance, somehow more beautiful than the healthy child, and seemingly wiser, those sorrowful yet wise eyes my eyes speak to their eyes and ask why, why the sorrow? Their eyes answer my eyes. My sadness is for you. My eyes speak again. 
Why were you born to just come and go? Why was I to bore you just to bear the burden of your leaving? Why did God place you in my womb before cutting his own ties with you? Why is your human so breathtakingly beautiful? Why your intellect so superb? Why did God place you in my womb? Did you come to teach me how to love? Did you come to show me how to live or just remind us that death is an inevitable angel sent to help us realize that tomorrow is not promised? Tomorrow is not a promise. Life is not entitled to us no matter how special we we are. We all are just visitors passing through, spirits occupying the same space in time. In a blinking of an eye, we could be gone just like that. But I cannot help but feel the tears heat my cheeks as I am still fulfilled by the joy of your existence, no matter how brief. As every emotion rushes in, I cannot help but feel your strength. I prepare new thoughts now, grateful for your visit and lessons, for the lessons that you taught. No matter, no matter what, I must not worry. No matter what, I must not cry for eternity. One day soon, You'll understand why I am the child who was born to die. Wow. That was incredible, Mama. Thank you. Okay, the next one is incredible as well. And I picked this one because someone on Poetry Soup gave me the most outstanding um, the most outstanding um, comment. And I thought I would read it. I had something else picked out, but I'm going to read this one. It's called Major, Not Minor. So major, not at all minor. When things were cool between us, my dude and I, we had an understanding. I mean, he knew I was down for most everything that was righteous. We had our own bond. We knew certain things I could never be convinced of. He also knew I tried to go along, get along. He also knew when I was uneasy, but this was totality, a breach, so minor. A breach. Not minor, excuse me, so major. I mean, he was, he was and is my mind, so he knew my mind. He never warned me nor prepared me. I mean, he knew I was okay with all that. I survived all that. I came to grips with all that. I came to grips with all that had happened, hoped and had hope, struggled, and always after straying away would find my way. I mean, I'd find my way back. I mean, before the final blow, 
I was on my way knowing that he ultimately had the last say. I mean, what could I really do? I lived and learned along the way. Who is in charge is the question. Do I blame this on God or who do I blame? Why the buildup? Why did you allow my will and her will to run free and cut us down? I mean, you knew we had nothing more than what we had inside, inside where my choices were negotiating with your will. I got the notion that you were down with me, even proud of me sometimes, that it was all good, but, but now I have an attitude problem. Seems I can't adjust it. No one to blame but you, God. So it seems they say he gives and takes away. They also say be glad and rejoice in his giving. But there were no instructions in the manual of life saying that you were not allowed to be angry at God. It does not mean I'm not grateful for all he's done in the past and is still doing in the now, but that was a deal breaker. That was inexplainable. Like the only gift I really got was taken back. Like a friend that turns on you for no good reason. So now I have an attitude problem. Seems like I can't adjust it. No one to blame but God, so it seems. They say he gives and takes away. They also say be glad and rejoice in his giving. But what do you do when it's taken away? Hmm. Now I have an attitude problem. I mean, it just means I cannot help how I feel. I have an attitude problem. I mean, I'm restless, confused, and intolerant. I feel let down, lonely, and forsaken. It means I do not have any other choice. I was already with him, already down with him, loving him. God, it means I'm afraid of what else you might allow to happen or cause to happen. You are my last hope. My last hope now is to keep my thoughts pure. Give him the benefit of his reasoning, but this is so major. It's not at all minor. I see the wicked world, I conclude, he has come to collect his jewels, I conclude, he has taken away the good ones, I conclude that something worse than sudden death is coming, and I should not have an attitude but contentious gratitude, because his plan is not my plan, I heard all that. I now must depend on him, and he knows the future, he knows who he wants to spare, I surrender. I do not want to be angry at my dude. And I do not want to be left behind unless someone needs me to be here. I surrender. I promise you just now, my attitude left. Peace came over me. I mean, God is my dude. He gave me that divine insight back again. That peace that passes all understanding, and I'm cool now. He's still my friend and my protector. Whispers stored up in the ever after. 
not to sweat this minor existence, reminding me that this knowledge you gave me is so major and this earthly life is so minor. Major, and palm? not minor by major, not minor by Mama Oladeji. I absolutely love that piece. It was like it was like watching someone spiritually spiritually watching their faith grow up. You know through. <laughs> You know, through the whole freshly born to the terrible twos to the rebellious teenager to the adult who understands, you know, for me, that's really what I got out of that piece was just watching that whole evolution of of someone's understanding. Do you understand what, do you know what I'm saying? Am I saying it correctly? Yes, I know what you're saying because I don't I don't always like put the um remarks near the poem, but you basically saying the same thing that the person I was telling you about that um you are basically are saying the same thing, so I believe you because I thought she had given a powerful, um um profound type of comment mm-hmm. here. They're really, really, and I think you're be saying the same thing without even uh, knowing what she said. So um, she said a very powerful poem, powerful. You're taking us through the whole process with emotions and energy. Energy. Loss is never easy, and I don't think God minds that people get angry at him. The good news is that he, that he is God, and he can see you through the agony. He said, well, keep mm-hmm. moving. And it reminded me of what you said when you said uh, the two-year-old, through the emotions and the process, and I think you all kind of basically said the same thing. So, um, thank you for your comment and uh, your feedback. Uh, it, was, it was it meant to me a lot to me. Uh, it's really kind of really got where that poem took me. Thank you for letting me share that. And that's my two pieces. And I'm Vicky Aqua, aka Mama Oladeji, the mother of poetry, Bob Talk, Poetry <laughs> Soup, and. Uh, Facebook. Okay. Are you uh, are you in the chat room tonight, Mama? I didn't go there, but I will call. Well, I I just wanted to share real quick with you. Um, take a moment and uh, tell you that George said, "Mama's on the mic. Make way. She casts a spell." Dennis pipes in and says, "Mama throws her down." And George comes back in and says, "Mama asks a lot of good questions." <laughs> Some of them rhetorical and some hard to answer. And George jumps in and says she glows. And so I just wanted you to know that you kind of, you know, <laughs> caused 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 a fuss in the chat room. And they appreciate what you shared tonight and love you. They always show love. I love them immensely, and uh, I'm so glad they come to visit you. Even though you stole stand from me uh, and just keep him on the mic with you all the time. But um, you got to get some of those other guys in there, uh, uh, some of the other guys in there to, uh, to co-host with you sometime. Yeah, they're all great poets, and they all love me, and I love them. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> we love you, Mama. Thank you, sweetheart.
Did you tell everyone how to find you, by the way? Did I, did I forget that part? Yeah, yeah I said Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Love you, Mama. Remember, I said Facebook Poetry Soup, and I said um, Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, Vicky Aqua. That's A C Q U A H. Yeah, I said it. I said it again. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Mama. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. All right. Hey. So I am going to give the next three callers, so you kind of know where you are. We have eight three two, eight four eight, and two five six. Those will be our next. Three callers. We had a 503 on there for a while, but I don't see them now. So uh, maybe they'll call back in. All right, next caller, area code 832832. 832, you're on the air. <laughs> hey, Soldier Blue Blue. How are you, sweetheart? How are you? I'm all right. I'm running from one end to the other, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> still are we still good. doing two? Huh? Yeah. yeah, two. Oh, are uh, we still doing two or are we doing one? You can do two. Oh, okay. Um, they're not very long, but that's okay. They get the point across. Um, this one, this first one's uh, called Different Lights. Trapa, time spent beneath the deer's head stars. A constellation. Morning visions. We're thrown in the divine sight. We shall travel without a word. Place charcoal upon our skin. Partake of ceremonial small deaths, shedding old skins as would a snake. Dagonska is all there for those who seek. Yes, dead man waking upon light incandescent. Yes, of my own free will. Words of the people, words of life, breath above the cedar trees. Directional change. We look. Songs, the smoke of songs. We are off again on the hunt. Shadow wolves at our heels, a finger of scent, and we, as carrion crows, will follow the spore to the fields of battle. The people gather. It is time we wake the dying. Dead man, sacred stranger, upon waking, breathes with effort, taking in the signs that fall at his feet. Bobbles of forest litter from old crows, stars, the celestial breeze begins again. Dead man waking, crow's breath, dance above his chest, dancing above the clean-limbed tree line, monke titron, touching the sky. Inset questions, terrible answers, it is all set to begin again. Kashkeeper. Songs born of fury, earthen quarry, descent from grandeur. Apitra, Monse. There is a place stilled, untouched, a deep seated secret place we can yet palm touch between heart and eyes. Bonse, Mstah. 
dead man waking to his skywalk footwork. He shall wander the lands, call no place home except the caress of dawn's light. First flame back, boy. He is a vagabond. Gasonin. Dawn's breaking. Lifelines severed clean. Waking upon the sound songs of everything. Spiral visions, feathers pinwheeling the wind, a siren, double meanings to a sacred song. Trago a phone. Black shades of dreaming. Gake. We will find what you search for between limbs and arches of ageless roots. The trees we dream of nestled upon the forest floor. Octave. First forest dead before you were born. Dead man waking, dawn eternally breaking, hailstone rhythms, here comes the storm. Crows thought, we shall begin with the light. We shall begin with a conjuring of the sky. That space for dreaming between the eyes, storm brewing, eyes for storm. Bones, silent realms, the patter pelting of avian thermal drafts, the lost moon, the new moon. Lights look different from here. Wabaka, Grandfather Bear, Pleiades, Constellation, Dead Man Waking, Seagull, Grandfather, I am coming home. Utsi, Nonke, Ujonge, Ubeki, and Peace. All right, so there was a line in that piece about something about forest being dead before you were born. What was that line? First forest. You know, because like, like you, you hear a lot of times when uh, like the, the uh, commercial interests have, you know, have uh, planted second growth and uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 I know exa- the return I knew exactly what you were talking about when you said it, mm-hmm. and that's why. Mm-hmm. What was the full line? First forest dead. Oh. <laughs> I got to go back to it now. <laughs> Uh, uh. I'm telling this, you, this is the hold music. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you can think of it, it email it over to uh, me or something. Okay. Well, I can, and I'll tell you why like, later. I want to write something to it. Okay. Ah, here we go. Here's, okay, now, uh, okay, let's see. Um, i got to figure out where it is. <laughs> uh, I'm such a pain in the butt. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. First forest. Yeah, first forest dead before you were born. That was it. Okay. First forest dead before you were born. 
Okay. I'll send you over yeah, some information. First, first. I want to show you some pictures. Okay. And mm-hmm. I've got a piece that I'm yeah. working on, but I want to, I'm going to borrow and accredit that to you, but I think I want that for the title. I'll show you what okay. I'm working on. All right. And yeah. that was your first one, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yes, okay, uh, this uh, second one is uh, called Love uh, Love the Dream. Life from among the dead. Love after the exit of a dream. Give me a kiss. You can have whatever's left of me. Just let me sleep. Death of the sacred always has a price. Someone must be willing or someone will be found for payment on sacrifice. The balance will be kept. Gamon ingi shotse tsehawak de mongon. The downy mist of water smoke, the distilled scent of colors from dreaming among the medicine shields. I have raised my bones from bloody rooftops. I have spent my flesh mile after mile in the, in the making of unremarkable blacktop. The smooth asphalt that has no sound, just the song of distance. Love after the exit of a dream. I will not give it back. I have come too far, seen too much, learned more than the words left upon the bitter turned page, died more small deaths than I care to remember, and I have always known who I am. Mikshinda Nyoska, I am of they of the midwaters. My hands made of ash. Nikotze, burnt tender, dachin. Too many times in the fire, fence of endurance to the issue of the flames, boy. Pain and endurance test that cannot be explained, the cause only sometimes remembered. Bese, the tongue thickened from too many syllable, syllables. Ideas stray from the back of my mind to the shadows of speech, a driftwood bramble at the back of my throat. Dreams de. Just let me sleep. Times scorched a narrow passage. I am still able to call through. The archway as eternal as second sight. Wetroninda. Just the flesh separating from spirit leaves me weary. Keeper of things, I do not shirk my duty. I accept their full weight. Soon I will reach the river plains and mudflats, and I will be home. Prayers left upon a heavy stone marker. I pray for sleep. John. And peace. You know, that that whole piece made me think about just that longing for the gray space. 
you know that that space between the lines where for a moment you can just there's there's a buffer there's a, a, a you know even even if it's you know my, so minutely thin layer between you and the bullshit you know you just need that moment that that place that you know because everything outside is just enough for a moment just too much you know I oh, thought was a great oh, yeah. write I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Yep, there's a, that's uh yeah, that's some of where I'm at anyway. That's just something that I was in one of those works that I came out with and it's like I kinda wrote it like once, twice, thrice and kinda like, yeah, I could leave it at the one the once or the twice and it would be good enough, but being as I am not a tourist in the art of words that isn't good enough for me. So I trashed oh, well, it and started yeah. all over again. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I see some folks, and, you know, they think it's like, oh, well, all right, it's just a phase. And, you know, I, I did that for a minute. And that's like, okay, well, I'm done with that now. Well, you know what? I think you lost something. That's just my opinion. But, you know, I think you lost something. But personally, I'm just going to say, you know, say what I feel about it. I am not a tourist in the art of words. That should be uh, a title to another chat book or a title to its own piece or a bumper sticker or on a T-shirt with your face or something. The, the Soldier Blue coffee cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd buy one. <laughs> <laughs> and the bobblehead dollar fit on the dash of my car. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Going down the long blue highway. With a, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the bobblehead with the glow-in-the-dark middle finger, right? Well, that's what's blacked out on the box. I had no curl. Oh, hey, okay. you know. All right. Tell everyone how they can find you, Soldier Blue. So they can order theirs now for nineteen ninety-five. But wait, that's not all. <laughs> You also That's get it. the Soldier Blue Thumb Puppet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Okay. I love you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. you got nothing to be sorry about, home chick. You know, we've known each other long enough so to, to where that just is going to roll like it's supposed to. You know, cause we all know what it is. There it is. That was awesome. Hey, you know. So yeah, you can find me on uh, Facebook at uh, under Rafe Wild, and then uh, in that in parentheses it'll be Soldier Blue. And um, I've also got my, uh, or I should say, I've got I've, I've uh, left the uh, URL for my uh, uh, podcast that I'm, that I'm doing, and I'm going to be doing some updates because um, next week I'm uh, just as a, just because I'm thinking about it. Uh, um, next week I want to do. Uh, I'll read again that um, the, the the piece that I did uh, for Day of the Dead because I did a little bit of reworking on that and uh, this and gave it basically the sense of what I call the the triple threat. That meaning that it's in English, Spanish, and and uh, the, the language of my people. So I want to want to read that one again, and it's more uh, uh, more dialed in state, I guess you could say, more more subtle state. Um, but yeah, you can, uh, but I've got um, um I've got the 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 uh, this thing on Anchor app, and uh, like I said, I'm doing the podcast with that, and so I've got it over there, and 
I think I put it on uh, Facebook, and I've also got it on Reverb Nation, and uh, then on the, the app itself, and and then again, also you can find it on uh, like Apple and Google, and uh, for for whatever you know those podcasts are, and Spotify uh, as well. Um, just to name three of them. Uh, but yeah, you can find me up on there too. So, and it's for free. I'm not, you know, like I said, you know, I'm not uh, trying trying to trying to make bank off of it, you know. Right off the top, you know, I mean, you know, let's put it this way, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if I made a little bit of something at some point. But, you know, right now I'm just trying to get people interested, you know. So, you know, I, first I get people interested, awesome and, you know, then so, Yeah. So, yeah, so that's something I'm working on, too. And it's kind of an interesting thing. And, you know, I like it. So there you have it. Very cool. All right, Mr. Rafe Wild, porn star name, Soldier Blue Blue. <laughs> Hey. Oh, guys, that'll, that's just forever going to be your title. I'm sorry. I've got to think of another that's way to okay. do it so it's somehow tied instead of just porn star, even though Rafe Wild, I'm sorry, is a porn star name. Um, but some way we can tie it into like, yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to make it in a different context so that it, people aren't picturing you and like, yeah, you know, okay. that's Oh, well, they could somebody. always picture me in, in in Rafe Wild control socks, you know. In leather. <laughs> you know, the little control top socks, you know. <laughs> oh, I don't even, I don't even know what to say to that. that. You are awesome, Soldier Blue. All right, my dear, dear, dear friend. <laughs> I will talk to you next week, honey. Yes, ma'am. And as, right. and as always, I... I wanted to express my thanks for the the, the platform for this uh, means of self-expression. Awesome. Thank you, sweetie. We appreciate you. And I appreciate being here. Bye-bye. All right. So, guys, we have a lot of calls on all of a sudden. So I need to let area code 585 not or no, not five eight five. Never mind. I wasn't talking to you. I'm talking to someone else that doesn't have that area code at all. So area code nine five one seven three four and five zero three. You guys are not in the lineup to read. If any of you would like to come on the air and read tonight, press one. That's nine five one seven three four and five zero three. If any of the three of you would like to come on and read, press one, uh, and that'll put you in the lineup. I'll know to bring you on. Otherwise, if you're here just listening and hanging out, I appreciate you being here. If you change your mind at any time, press 1, and it will put you in the lineup at that time. Alrighty. So we have a lot of callers on right now. I'm going to have to switch this back down to just one poem, unless they're two short ones. And, and don't be pushing that envelope. We'll all know. If you got you know if you've got two shorter poems that would be great or you can read one regular poem up to you uh, but and I'm gonna keep, try to keep my chat down a little bit because I want to make sure I get everyone on tonight and you know get to spend a little bit of time with you. All right, next caller comes from area code. Uh, I'm gonna give the next three callers so you kind of have a heads up where you are. We've got area code two five six. We'll meet next. Then we're going to have area code two zero three and then five. One six. All right. So area code two five six. Are you with me? Of course, I'm with you. Good evening, Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. How are you? I'm fine. Doing good. It is well. First of all, introduce yourself to everybody. Oh, this is Stan out of Alabama. <laughs> Indeed, it is. 
Stan, Mama said I stole you from her. I didn't steal you from her. You're still Mom. You're, you're still Stan, the man for Mama, right? Of course. <laughs> that goes without question. She she needs to hear that. She 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 was she was feeling a little doubtful today. It seemed. Hey, I go I go along with what Dennis White says. Listen to your mama. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So, dear, what did you bring for us? I brought homework. Did you really? I'm so proud of you. I that means you get to read two long, anyway. Yeah. I brought your long-winded brevity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you remember giving me that, don't you? I do. <laughs> ah. So here we go. The title is Brevity. But there are men. Then there are men. But what does this really mean? Are you a man because you're at a certain age or through your actions is your manhood seen? But then what are the rites of passage, the milestones, measures of your advancements? Is it by others this is determined? If not, is it your own self-measure by what increments? But why need there be measures at all? Is this a traditional gender-based contest? Does physical prowess prove you to be more, while faithful and determined counted less? Yet maybe the measure is first by you the passage you have inward earned, the value of character and principles measured those in your life to discern. But seems this saying has quite a few variables. Through diverse assessments it is seen. I say intent and actions define us as men. In those measures our value is gleaned. But then... Uh, never mind. In peace. <laughs> oh, you get an A and a plus for the ending line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that was, was incredible. Just, that was perfect. I thought it would just be fun for him to have that one simple little piece of brevity, but then start actually thinking about it while he was writing, and it just becomes this ongoing internal dialogue as to trying to fathom the actual meaning of what this is. <laughs> well done, sir. My pleasure. All right. And then you have another one to read? Yes, I do. And this was actually prompted by a quote from our poet friend, Keats. And the quote was, Alone and palely loitering, the such has withered from the lake, and no bird sings. End quote. And from that I wrote, Solstice, a lament. Silence in winter, near barren and white. Spark growth showing, lifeless brown. The seen near image of my own heart within a lake of sorrow where I drown. 
Now not to do, but hold, awaiting. Rebirth of life in me, find love's spring. For your presence, flowers, bird song, and sun. And my soul's resurrection only you can bring. In peace. You know, that would count as this week's homework. Did you hear the homework at the beginning of the show? Mm, yeah. Talk the, uh, let me see if I'm correct in this. Uh-huh. Let's see. Answer a poem. Yeah, take a classic poem and write a reply to it and or to the to the author or rewrite a classic poem. So that would have fit right in that vein, writing that to that quote. Oh. So you you did two homework. Wow. You didn't even know you did the homework, and you did. (laughs) No. No. Uh, Great job, sweetheart. Great job on both of those. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. I enjoy this. I do. And I want to thank you very much for this venue. It is always a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you, honey. We love having you here. Absolutely. I mean, you're you're part of the family, so, yeah. You know. (laughs) All right. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you. Well, you can, of course, find me on Nihilus Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, Friday nights, you can find me on World Poetry Open Mic. Uh, Tuesday nights on Epiphany Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern, I co-host a show with a lady named Holly Woods, a.k.a. Murder, she wrote, which is called The Hurt Locker, where we deal with the things in our lives that are painful and cause struggle. And this Tuesday, we're dealing with the subject of abandonment. You can find me in the Poetry of Spring Embrace. You can find me in, of course, the Garden of Poetry and Prose. And, shameless plug, you can find me in the 2017 and 2018 anthologies of World Poetry Open Mic and in the Outlaw Poets Group's anthology, Outlaw Poetry, we're in cahoots. All of them on Amazon. Ta-da. That's it. (laughs) Awesome job, sweetheart. All right, fantastic reads, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Okay, Stan? Yes, ma'am, you sure will, and on to the next. All right, hon. Thank you. Next caller, area code 203. 203, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Tammy Jones. How you doing? Oh, my gosh, Miss Tammy. How are you, my love? Good, good. How are you? It's fantastic. It is great to hear from you. It has been a while. You sound yeah, good? I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a brand-new grandparent. The baby's seven days old. I have a son I was going to ask how your daughter was. Yeah, I have a son deployed to Africa. Um, I'm good. Everything's good. So uh, I'm actually here to read a brand new piece that I just wrote. I don't think the ink's dry yet. Are you ready for this? I am ready for this. Okay. This does not have a title, but I'm going to read this anyway. The fence builds the walls. The ground scores a floor. 
Glass ceilings, windows bust to blow the void. Outside the box is where I grind. I shine in the sun and make them all go blind. A star on the rise to glow in the night. The moon, midnight star where Icarus took flight. Pretend Ick never died. Let's think of a possibility. Forget responsibility. Believe in abilities. Walk the tightrope of your biggest plight. Put on the gloves to get ready to fight. Excite a dead nerve with a new word you never write. Turn on the lamp that that burns that 100-watt bulb bright. Stand in the light, realizing the effects of that hard white. Get a numb feeling to get stuck on that one image of limelight that left you with a bite in your ass that night. Learn the lessons that life offers. Solutions are there for the taking. Live a, light, live a painstaking moment of meticulous endeavor. Brag about it. Get braggadocious with it. Reward that shiny sword that swerved into action. And never retract the reaction even if it was a spasm from the come down. Listen to the silence. Fuck the sound. Violence is not a food for thought diet. Images are the scrimmage for game day and never sway on a whim. Real women act from a pure gut as that sway will leave you ditched in a rut, a butt gets sore hitting the floor. Perfect your dance moves and learn the score of some great ear candy. Savor the flavor as if it was your favorite beat. Finish with some skeet-skeet bleep. Dive in deep and acknowledge it's yours with no need to compete. Celebrate it like it's your birthday and dance naked in the rain. Life is to be lived, so breathe air like it really is free. That's at peace. That was fantastic. I have seriously missed you so much, you and your writing. And just please, Tammy, you know, any way possible to be able to call in more often. I will do my best. I will try to. Can I read one more piece? Yeah, Yeah, um, that wasn't long. I'm not going to say why. I just would love if you could send prayers, energy out to the New World Order and Prismatic Dreams. Okay. And I could tell you in the background why, but I don't want to say it here. I'm okay. going to read a piece. Okay, today's national uh, Happy International Poetry Day. Today is actually the eight-year anniversary of my second book, my sophomore book called Everyday Stories. So I'm going to read a, a, a piece from there that I wrote in like 2004. And I'm going to dedicate this to my Prismatic Dreams poets and everybody who supports us. It's called Changes in the Game. Did you ever lose someone due to a price that was paid? Turn around to be the one where the burden was laid? Went on your shoulders in the loss of a friend makes you wonder if things will ever be the same again. The weight on your shoulders meaning the weight that the lost one carried. He stayed committed to carrying it as though he and it were married. Now you miss him and no path to choose. At the moment, it feels like a game you would lose. What would you do and what would you think? You try to make a connection by searching for that missing link. Enemies around you checking you out, wondering if your feelings put you in doubt. To have confidence in the skills you possess and carry the crew through to pass the next test. When he passed, the rules changed up and peeps were looking at you like, shut the fuck up. He is gone and they think you are weak and look at you like your future is bleak. It's like the, the, you th- they think you are dead and now you got to come back with something good instead. The next move is on you, and what will you do? Lay down and die and let your ass fry? Or get up, say, shut the fuck up, and tell them why? 
and my why is I'm prismatic and proud. That's that piece. You know, I love that you, you know, you're one of those creative writers I know. You always have been. You know, you don't pull any punches and you have no no qualms at all about making yourself very vulnerable, vulnerable in your writing. And that's Thank something you. that I've always really admired about you. You know, you're you're fearless. Amazing, right? Thank you. I You're appreciate very welcome. you, and thank you for having the platform you have, and you've had it for, I can't, even, I don't even know how many years, but it's a long time, and I know you're... Twelve. We're, well, this is our 13th year right now. It's a long, long time. Thank you, and you barely miss a Thursday, even through the holiday season. <laughs> this is very true. This is very true. I think that we've only, um, you know, except for when there's been, the network's been down, um, I think mm-hmm. there's only two shows that we haven't done in in the last twelve and a half years. Well, yeah. just know that I appreciate you. I will try to come back and be more involved. In fact, I'm trying to do something different. So, in order to make a change, sometimes you got to do something different. I used to of say, of course, you have to. If you keep you mo- if you yeah. keep moving, you never get dusty. I think I'm getting dusty, so I need to keep moving. So I'll, <laughs> I'll be here next week. Awesome. I would love that, Tammy. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Great read tonight. Thank you. Just look for me, uh, Tammy Jones, on um, Facebook, Twitter. I'm the the queen of hip hope. I am Poetry's Child. And I'm affiliated with Prismatic Dreams and the New World Order. Thank you. All right. And send me a message. Let me know what's what's going on, what I can do. I will. I will. All right, love. Bye-bye, Tammy. Take care. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 516. 516, you're on the air. Uh, good evening. This is Sean out of New York. I'm outside right now. It's some weather. So uh, I'm going to try and do this. If, uh, hopefully you can hear me. Can you hear me well? We can hear you, yeah. Cool. Um, first off, um, thank you for Having this show, um, I, I, I just heard you say you, you've been running 12 years consecutively with only having two times that you've missed the show. And I, I commend you for that. And thank you for having a, a, a platform like this for, for poets. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, um, piece I'd like to share right now, first piece I'm going to share right now is called The Worthiness of the Day. From birth, I'm showing you worth. Worth the prizes bestowed from the earth. But you aren't for the riches that men bestow. Your riches for the knowledge. You like to be in the known. Knowledge yourself with the love of Christ, loving with the love of Christ, loving God, Christ, and family for a live long life. You live daily, attempting to always apply the golden rule. Positive thoughts and affirmations as your fuel. Feeling your spirit, feeling your inner soul, feeling positive actions and doing it whole soul. Devoted to love one another. Devoted to love one another, even if my enemies. Friends are far and few. I have more leaking frenemies. Always trying to be on my, in my personal space, but fail to support me when my mind is displaced. Displaced, misplaced, mental illness, disgrace. Must stay positive, else minutes depression brings you down. 
sending me off on tangents, talking to myself all over town. Seen as a crazy one, but been crazy ever since. Hearing Let's Go Crazy by my favorite artist, Prince. But I'm that non-violent crazy with a sharp tongue wit. I love every, I live every day as that crazy musician poet that talks ganja while sipping tea. I'm just growing, trying to be me. Always looking forward to tomorrow's way while staying in the now, living for the worthiness of today. That was phenomenal. I am so glad you called in to read. Well, thank you. You, you are um, very, very, very welcome. The, the last piece I'm going to share is a uh, piece I wrote for an ex-girlfriend. It's called Love Me for the Me That I Be. I'm a simple man. I do simplistic things. Intrinsically delve into self. To drive forward to being a better being. I'm the type of take it slow. Sometimes too slow for others. But I have to be myself. Love me for the me that I be. I wasn't romantic. So romantic notions were driven away. I used to think foreplay was heavy petting, deep caressing, kissing, interjecting true emotions from moral communication. Closeness comes from communication. But in my life, I fail to communicate my needs. I always just go with the flow. In that way, I am water. I am water flowing in and out of people's life. Sometimes feeling foul from the impurities that I've flowed with. Impurities to my water. Mixing oil and water is never truly blended. Somehow the water has changed. It's no longer water, yet it flows, bringing all that is touched to reach another. Maybe you'll be like gone, cleansing away my impurities. Maybe you'll add on your own blended soap that I'll flow with. Because hell, innately, at the base of me, I'm still water, providing the foulness to the cleanse, reciprocating what you bring to the table. But innately, one day, when truly cleansed, will never flow my rivers that same way. Must I be blunt and fuck metaphors? Nah, y'all ain't ready for me to sit my real truth. You want me to hide behind metaphors just to make you feel good about yourself, about the shit that you bring my flow, my flow, my environment. Me? I'm still water. I'm malleable, changeable, impeachable. But someday, I'll freeze, trapped, unflowing. Life will be sitting still until the weight melting into my evaporation of nothingness. Absolutely phenomenal. You know, I I love the I love the whole analogy of the oil and the water that you use throughout that because you know the two don't mix. You know, but even though they don't mix, you can't put them together and not have them affect each. You know. As soon as they come together, they're they're not they're not uh, you know their chemistry has changed. You know you can't put yeah, something in that close exactly. proximity without it affecting the other. And uh, exactly. So yeah, awesome. Exactly. exactly. I mean, every time we go into a new relationship, there's something about that person that you take off with you 
that you're no longer who you were before when you came when you went into that relationship. You're a different person when you came out of it. You're a totally different person because you've learned new things about another person and part of their self comes upon you. And then let someone else conclude hundreds from your from your soul, you know, it's it's on you. Exactly. Exactly. Very cool, sweetheart. Great right. So do me a favor, tell everyone how they can come over, visit with you, all that good stuff they need to know. This is important. Okay. Um, on Facebook is Nishan Ray Swanson. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm part of Team Jag. So I'm part of Team Jag events. Uh, whenever they have shows, I'm usually there. Uh, tonight, later on, I'll be at uh, Wolf Hours. Usually a regular on that show, uh, so I'm 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 around. <laughs> you can find me. Very cool. All right, and you'll be here next week and share again, right? I'm gonna try and come. This is the first time I've come to your show, so I know. But now you need to show. make a habit of it. I'll try. I can't, you know, like you <laughs> promised, but you know, I can. I can actually try and make attempts to um, get to as many events that I can to. Okay. I appreciate that. Sweetie. Great job. Back. I'll definitely come back. I enjoy, I enjoy the live time. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you again soon, and I appreciate you being here tonight. Thank you. Have a good Okay. All right, guys. Our next caller comes from area code 506. 506, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Not too bad. Nothing with my phone. All right. <laughs> hey, baby. Sorry. And I didn't recognize the area code has been so long. But that laugh, that laugh is like there's only one person with that laugh in this whole world, and that's you. Uh, yes. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so what's going on? Introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, this is Andrew Calling from East Coast of Canada, where it is turning hello, spring. Hello, Andrew Calling. And we're getting hello. And I have a story for you. <laughs> okay. Rudy grew up in a poor home. Had splinter windows with faded paint that gave away years of decay. It blended in with all the other homes, barely built on the south side. A hidden oasis for the poor. Rudy always wondered what the other side of the invisible fence felt like to be not pointed at or frowned on by the other teens of the same age. He did all he could to make money, rake leaves, delivered papers. Through everyday sweat, he was going to look and dress better. Little steps to getting out of the south side. Shunned by folks who knew Rudy, was from the poor community, made finding work where there was money that much harder. People's notions were preconceived. So many had been stolen from, and the guilt was always from the south side, they assumed. Rudy spent his little money on clean, secondhand clothes in an effort to look good and feel better about himself. He studied hard to make leaving the south side easier as the hope of a school taking him was a dream just to get away from the people that pointed fingers. In his mind, Rudy was going to provide. He was more than the labels other embraced. 
So on the day, years later, when he returned, Rudy would defy everyone who thought he was nothing but a suicide. End story. Wow. So, where'd it come from? Where'd the story initiate? <clears throat> well, I wrote the other chapter once. <laughs> it reminded me of that kid that's been going around on the thing that, you know, ended up getting accepted to college. Uh, yeah. Uh, this homeless kid that ended up, you know, working really hard and getting accepted into college and everything else until I heard the end of it, until I heard the last part of that. And I was like, wow, okay, nope. No, he, um, no, I, I wrote down the title, and I don't know why I wrote down the title. I think it was what my entire city Because that's what you do. South Side, North Side, yeah, I just wrote down the title. And then a couple of months later, I think I was reading a book that kind of triggered it. There was a line in the book I really can't remember. This was written over a year ago. So, yeah, the story just came to me, and I just started writing things out. Well, it was really powerful. Great job, Andy. Thank you. I found out tonight that it's getting published in a magazine, so that's why it was actually out on my computer. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. I'm glad you deserve that. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. You've come so far in the time I've known you. Yes. When we first met, I didn't have gray on my face. Now I do. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm only responsible for maybe 30 of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you get for editing my books. <laughs> no, that's what I get for being the first one. You'll never forget your first. The first one's always the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> It was a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was I fun. I enjoyed it. You you hated every minute of it, but I really I really enjoyed doing it. <laughs> I I really hope people get to edit my works again. Really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. All right, dear. Tell everyone how to find you. Well, you can find me on Facebook, just Andrew Scott. Um, you can go to my website, andrewmscott.com. If you're on my website, go to the shop section where I have some books listed there that you can find. Um, the last one's called Searching, and you can actually also find them on Amazon uh, websites. Just look up the um, the author name, just Andrew M. Scott, and then Searching, yeah, and the rest of them will populate. There are poetry books, and I have a photography book in there. Very cool. All right, my dear. You guys go check him out. Great job tonight, Andy. Appreciate you. Thank you Thank so you. much. All, All right. right. We'll talk to you later. soon then. All righty. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. So our next caller comes from area code 540. 540, you're on the air. 540, are you with me? Yeah, yeah. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing wonderful. This is Mr. Automatic Charismatic. 
is. Good to hear um, from you, sir. Yes, yeah, Survivor Network. And uh, one day I'm going to put you in the driver's seat. I like to put you in the driver's seat. So, uh, the driver's seat where I uh, interview people. One day <laughs> I'm going to put you in the driver's seat. Uh, just let me know when. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to do, do two short poems. Um, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to freestyle two short poems. Okay. Uh, name of this poem is called uh, The Legacy. By the time beneath my soul, I was just that kid. Amazing grace of a smile on my face. Bullied by the senseless act. Laugh before another chat. Therefore, I act, I'm after to be the best and destroy the lies that were against me. I know who blesses me. I know the compassion and the love to speak. I know the words have been met. The value, the unimaginable, the protection. But I guess being bullied from a child and being in that place of victory, my legacy shall live on. Mr. Automatic Harris, back to the uh, Mr. Almighty Charismatic Lyrical Engine. Jig is in, I'm all in, my brand dry. Would you like to do another one? Please, go ahead. All right. This fall is for a beautiful woman. See, I wonder, I think about that smile. If a beautiful woman such as you is valuable as increasing the heart rate. Unexplained things is like the words that are so clear. I can only be as valuable. Love, therefore, a smile is needed. Can I get with your smile? Can I lay with your smile? Can I find a place to be with your smile. When you become a better woman just for yourself, and you have to do what you have to do no matter what. The survival of the fit of the survival out here. Survival of the fittest. Taking care of your business. I truly admire you, beautiful lady. We saw the main cast main political engine. Take us in the all in proper and dry. Absolutely, absolutely, impressively out of this world. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Truly <laughs> do. I'll take it, he says. <laughs> yeah, oh, so truly do. <laughs> I'm so glad you were able to call in and get through tonight, hon. It was great having you on. Those were both great reads. Yeah, 
Oh, thank you. You know, I try to come with a uh, uh, very uh, creative. You know, I like that uh, the the the, the uh, Indian the Indian chief uh, true blue soldier. I like that how he uh, uses uh, his poetry. Is I like it's something I never only I ever hear from him. I like that that type of poetry. You know, it sounds to all the poets to be on here, but I was just his way of poetry. I just found phenomenal. But you know, I always got a shout out to Stan the Man, the Hurt Locker, and that's a wonderful show too because they uh, do make a difference. And just like me, when I put on a show, I mean, you know, just like what I want to do when I put on a show, I want to make a difference, in laughter and. You know, you get dip into people's emotions and make a difference right there. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. So, and you're in that you're in that awesome celebrity list as well. Appreciate everything that you do, sweetheart. And um, again, I'm really glad you were here tonight. So, thank you. We will talk to you thank next you. week. Oh, you know, you know, I'll be up in the house. I'm in the house. <laughs> awesome. <I'll be laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bye bye, hon. Uh, all right. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and give the next three callers so you kind of know where you are. We have 585 followed by 503, and then we have 848. Okay, so those are our next three callers. So let's go ahead and write. So that's five, five eight five five zero three eight four eight. So let's go ahead and grab five eight five. Are you with me? Yes. Hi. How are you? Hey, Sean. How are you, love? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing absolutely wonderful. It is so good to hear from you, my sweetheart. Same. Same with you. Uh, what did you bring for us tonight? One, oh, one I called "What Comes, What Comes." That's a, all right. What comes is never of this world, but confused of it at the same time. Every line uh, always seems like it has to rhyme. A nice flow for what is constantly thorough, similar to any New York City borough. I'm always expressive, taking a downward dive down inside the real source of divinity. A detective, interrogative, or interrogative, Reflective Even might come off Sometimes as offensive With an expletive Quite frankly I'm just cohesive Contemplative as any theist Or any spiritualist Who's any bit effective Telling you what's wrong Without the qualifications That always seem To make people so selective Mind is never passive Ideas take flight 
with initiative, regardless of governmental psychopathic actions that are always destructive, is what comes off as defensive or as a defensive mechanism against any parasitic powers that be structure that's repetitive. Let's not get competitive. I'm rising with what comes off as subjective or objective. Why can't we be our own lawyers, you know? Voluntarily legislative, contract builders of peer-to-peer maneuvers. Maybe it's because we don't have enough faith to be our own authors, our own poets of our own principles beyond fake wizard of Oz deceivers, liars, murderers, controlling dominant abusers. An individual quest inside lets you see the masqueraders. So don't be caught up in the fullest current of of a selected few of society, stupid mob-like authority, or you might come off as problematic and myopic, stuck on energy that's too hectic, I'm just what comes off as analytic, a viator in an elevating life that to some is nostalgic, a Google of deterministic spirit from within, yet it only seems to be 3% of what is on it. That is the Google platform of it, but the spirit is actually the other 97%. The documents, the images, the information, uh, the brain power not used or said that it is not used, but actually can be if I allow it to come off that way. Yeah, that is the internet of life, I could say say the information superhighway. Not to be so pedantic, but it's what comes off as true if I not if I don't search for it, but I just allow it to come through. Allow life to be true. Just allow it to come through through, allow it to come off as what can be true. And false. <laughs> that was fantastic, Sean. I can tell you were having a lot of fun putting those words together. Yeah. Yeah. It was exciting. I can it's tell. Kind of I can journey, tell you had you know? fun playing with them and weaving that. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. All right, my darling, do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come find you. Okay. Um, 
scribd.com slash SKL 2012. Facebook, Sean Liebel. I am the solution. Then uh, soundcloud.com. And that's it. Awesome. All right, Sean. Great job, sweetheart. And we will talk to you next week. Yes. Have a fantastic night. (laughs) You too, honey. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was Mr. Sean Mabel. We have next on the line, we have area code 503. 503, are you with me? I am with you, Ms. Nyla. (laughs) I cannot believe you called into my show. This is so freaking cool. <laughs> no one's supposed to know who I am, and no one does know who I am because I've never practically prank called my girlfriend before. <laughs> I'm way out of my I know. league. I'm way. You dared me to do this. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I'm way out of my league, and I have like semi crushes on a couple of these. Guys and these fabulous poems. I'm like, dang. <laughs> well, you have to, to start out, honey. You have to introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are, so they know who's going to okay. be reading. That's that's the first thing you got to do. Okay. Hello, babe. My name is Rebecca, and I'm I'm I just have kind of a poem. You dared me to do this, and I've been kind of getting out some old. Um, Pieces, I'm really not a writer. This is just more like a dare. But um, since <laughs> the, you know, well, you know, people, I'm finding I'm going to be 60, and I'm a youthful woman, 60. But I found that people are really fascinated with the 80s, and they kind of glamorize, like millennials glamorize the 80s. And I think it came out with my sons. And so, you know, putting some music to some really old, sometimes even painful writing, like this isn't, you know, a happy little ditty. This was like seeing life in 1980, you know, Hollywood, actually. And so, you know, back in the day, I, you know, I did these bit parts and soap opera things, and I really got exposed um, pretty quickly to um, the curtains being pulled, so to speak, behind media, which was really traumatic at the time, but now I'm so glad because it changes how I view the world, the world and media and and um, the trickery and so it's just called. I'm, I'm going to interrupt here real quick, Rebecca, because I just want people to understand when you talk about Hollywood and not give. I know your story, but I'm not not to give away any of your story at all. But when she talks about being in Hollywood, she was in Hollywood. I mean, this girl's been in Teen Beat magazine. Okay, so when she's talking about that whole <laughs> '80s, you know, Hollywood scene, she's she was in it. So, okay, go ahead. I just had to clarify and validate, revalidate the fact that, yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, yes, it's, it's, it's really funny because, it's, you know, it's like, with, you know, honestly something I didn't bring up because I live in Oregon and I didn't, it's, it just was so much a part of my past and I became very opinionated and I still work in forms of media, but, uh, you know, this was just a time that sometimes people over-glamorize and, um and honestly, I'm just kind of lucky to survive it. But, yes, I did get exposed to a lot of film and television, and I'm grateful for the training I had, just not the place I was going to hang around. And so uh, this is written in a, bath, in, a, in a bathroom of a nightclub in 
1980, like um, in the peak of you know movie stars and everything was supposed, you know what we worshipped at that time as a culture and it, and and it was I was a child really I was 19 20 you know just barely and so I remember just once I wrote it I saw it you know what I mean like it can be deceived and so that's what it's called it's, it's, and so say, go for it, or do you need any more? Or my no, nope, like, just go ahead and, and do your thing, girl. Okay. So, and I had a really cute dress on, I think, at the time, and I left, and then it was near the end, but of that chapter, my set, it was bright, flashy clothes and painted on asses, glaring, lost eyes set on champagne-filled glasses. The soulless and empty mingle with ease to outdo each other in drug fashion sleeves. Little glass bottles going screens for your nose. Snort, drink, or swallow with class as it goes. Smile and smirk with your confident stare. Grab what you want, anything spare. Look in the eyes of the spinning light gaze. Absorb this new neon phase. Brush off the people without Paris stitches. Flaunt your young body like other young bitches. And that's end poem. How come I've never read this before? How come I've never read any of your writing before? Because, you know, I kept a lot of the that part of my life hidden from everyone until recently. And now I'm kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming... I. You know, it was really kind of a tragic time, but now it's much more of a, I guess, pardon my pun, but, you know, poetic time where, uh, you know, life lessons can come out of it. I think I mostly didn't talk about writing, and I wrote a lot during that time, um, because I never talked to my experiences because I never wanted anybody to ever glamorize Hollywood, and I didn't, I wanted to, it would open up the, you know, the biggest soapbox on earth. I'd be like, oh, let me tell you what, you know, um, how many women's lives, you know, are kind of robbed by, particularly by, you know, false images and just this marketing, and it's really um, hard to watch culture rob life, media in particular, and so... Anyway, um, I just didn't bring it out. So this is like my my new thing um, is, you know, kind of poems and things that I've been working on presently. And just uh, mm-hmm. so I started with your show. You know, you and I, you and I are like, have been best friends, shenanigans sisters forever and ever, ever. I mean, I consider you my sister and you know that. Um, real life best friend, guys. You know, we hang out every Sunday and do weird, crazy stuff like get shot at trying to find graveyards. Yeah. Don't mention the pig um, farmers. <laughs> pig farmers. Oh my God! I know, right? <laughs> Not the place to be wearing heels. Yeah, I'm like, yes, I, I, yeah, in, uh, <clears throat> jumping over holes, trying to find a good photo shoot in an ancient cemetery, but we just had to go past some pig farmers, and we uh, there were a lot of pig farmers. We didn't know if we had the right pig farmers, and you were jumping puddles, and they were and shooting like, guns and. Yeah, yeah, but you know, we were like, oh, we're lost. <laughs> we were hunting for an ancient graveyard. We were really trying to find this old family cemetery that we heard about. And so, yeah. anyway, anyway, you know, 
I, I really want to read some more of your writing. I hope maybe you'll come back here and share some more of your writing. I thought that that was really phenomenal. And and I'm really, really impressed with the um, the honesty of it. You know, you you are a very you are a very cultured and poised woman, but your writing writing came out dangerous, and that's really intriguing to me. You know, and I and I was sitting there thinking, I love that after all the years that you and I have been friends, that we're still learning things about each other. But it, and it's not that yeah. we, it's not that you hide things from me. It's just that there's so much shit in there that we just haven't got to that part yet. <laughs> it's going to take us another ten years of friendship to even get through the first chapters of each other. So, you know. <laughs> I, know, I can't I even know, yell at you about holding back secrets because we just haven't got there yet. <laughs> but I, I, I think that I maybe know. you would have mentioned the poetry. I'm just saying. Well, you know, again, you know, I've listened, you know, to your show, and a lot of times I'm at work and I try to catch it later, or you know, I'm not always tracking with when I can hook up with uh, listening. But you know, I've really been able, listening all through, so enjoying it. And again, I'm like, I, you know, it opens up. So many people's voices and so many people's walks of life and so many, like, you know, thinking about the woman and her floors and, you know, just like, you know, I went listening on your show. I traveled to many states and many minds and, and in many touching, you know, stories. And yeah, this is, this one's rather raw for, you know, maybe, um, but but it's very brave writing. It's very, it's, it's fearless. You know, and you are you are such a strong and incredibly fair someone that that should not surprise me, but it kind of did. Kind of, kind of did Rebecca because it was really, really good. Oh, <laughs> you know, I expected you. You know, you're like you're, you're my you best friend. Oh, you wrote a poem. Okay, read your poem. I was expecting freaking Dr. Seuss or something. I wasn't expecting something deep and profound like that. That was like Aww. phenomenal. <laughs> I really wasn't expecting uh, Dr. Seuss, but I wasn't expecting that either. That was that I, was great. I, I love Dr. Seuss. Yes, I understood him as a child. I actually want to marry Dr. Seuss. Did you know that? When I was a little girl, I, I got him. I just was told, yeah, my father was an animator, and he would, you know, teach me, you know, there, there was always meaning behind words, even in the most simple, like Disney and, you know, including those things together. So I was really into, into Seuss, and Seuss had a lot of life wisdoms. And so I was like, I so get you, Dr. Seuss, like, Marry me when I grow up in a hundred years. I don't. don't For me, it was Elton John. I I wanted to marry Elton John. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's cooler. You know, Dr. Seuss, who is he anyway? But um, no, at least you had a chance with Dr. Seuss. He was like a hundred and sixty when I was four. That's not right. John's gay. Never going to happen. What? It could have happened more on your account than my account. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, that, both are completely just probably I should hang out now we're, we're like just on the border of getting completely unedited and inappropriate for your airways darling so, so did you want to tell anyone how to find call? you no I'm unfindable if they find me through you like okay. it, it, took ner- it, it took nerve to call and tell my raw 1980 poem <laughs> Okay. All right, darling. Well, carry on, and I really, um, really like hearing everything. Well, you did fantastic. I love you, baby, and I'll talk to you uh, later on tonight. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. 
that was pretty that was pretty cool having Miss Rebecca call in. All right, our next caller comes from area code eight four eight eight four eight. You are on the air. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. You can. You can. I can. Yes? I can. Yes. Okay, because now I know how long my cell phone battery lasts. Anyhow, <laughs> cool. Change cell phone, hell phone. Suck. Hell phone. Suck phone. Okay. The indigenous sovereignty and the itinerant privilege and where we live, we reinvent the power of community. We self-police our utopian nuance. We are of undisturbed humanization, and ah, we've defeated the thousand-year disease. We are the best nature has to offer. Chemotherapy and the good weed. Now the darker it gets, the clearer we radiate in reckless abandon, basking in familiar afterlight. It was curiosity that we promised in consideration that was defeated for the toys of enjoyment and the objects of delight. Immediate exclamations of enlightenment in everyone's phenomenon. We fired up the fuse we used to ignite the midnight wire. We're the good people. No, we're the Americans. We're the good American people. So fuck F word. F and Trump and his overstarched clan hood. And the juice continues to flow. And we grow it to smoke it. And we sing primal songs with distant strangers. In a frequency that's dreamlike, in a dreamlike frequency, we surpass the sun and illuminate the void. These are fabled lands of future days in the Dharma rain. It's the headland, it's the highland, it's resilient, and we will live to see it through. And the lost and found play hide and seek in a full moon afternoon. And for every one of them, there are two of us. And everywhere we are, we are meant to be. And we show them something they haven't seen before. Six, seven, eight, out. That was incredible. <laughs> you right? favorite Tell everyone how to find you, my love. I'm great. I'm doing awesome. Oh, I don't find me what, on, like, the Internet, those hell sites? Twitter's <laughs> cool. Twitter's cool. You can take that F book and F that. That shit's shot. That's like shot. I don't do anything on that. That's a freaking commercial. So I just do commercials <laughs> and promos on it. There's nothing. Twitter. Anyone who Twitter. puts anything real on Hellbook is freaking retarded. Plus, it's all hey, if freaking Twitter is hacked good enough to run stuff. our country on, then we can do anything on it, right? Twitter's cool. Twitter works for me, and it's enjoyable. I keep off the F book. That's for um, commercials because he set it up to be a commercial. There is nothing altruistic or rebellious about F book. It's a total commercial. It's just scam. It's used car butts, but we love it. It works. And yeah, there's many facets to it, but so what? It's, and yeah, you can find me on any of that Twitter with the poet Schwartz because that was my like, you know, whatever name or Gregory Schwartz. I don't care. Find me on any of that stuff. I'm, I'm always around. I do in New Jersey. I went, okay, so the person I'm working with on this project, he wears this freaking whatever, aftershave or cologne or something. He's the only person we know wears this nonsense. It smells like Newark. Like it's like an industrial blight. Eyes are burning, <laughs> throat chokes up, and I smell like this crap. I had to drink like beer to try to get rid of it. 
Whatever. That's no complaint. We're cool. How's the radio show? I called in and then like my phone blew up and then I unplugged or something. I don't care. I called in at eight. That's pretty funny. It's like two and a half hours on a phone, but it's cold and rainy and I did all my work. So I, you know, I did all my work. So I'm all caught up. So we had to take dimensions because in October we have this photo thingy and all that nonsense and my eyes are burning. Anyhow, how you're in Oregon still, right? Portland or Seattle or something? In Salem, yeah. What you Salem, Oregon? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So, yeah, we're getting there. Something. I don't know. What do I care? Well, no, <laughs> apathy's no good. No, you want to know where the rebellion is? You want to, okay, you, you want to know where the rebellion is? More than it's life itself. Ari, no, serious. It's in Ariana Grande is setting up voter tables with headcount on her whole tour and they set up where you text in, and you can text to register to vote. Now, that's significant because of the age group. You know, like, I'm old. I'm old as, like, someone's parent. That's where it's at. That's unstoppable. You register to vote at a Ariana Grande, Grande, however you say her name, you know. Boom. It's the biggest thing going. It's absolutely beyond. It's we love it because that's what we, you know, we're all jam band stuff anyhow. So there you go. <laughs> go, go to Ariana Grande concert. That's all live singing anyhow. Like, that's real because she's a monster and we love it. Anyhow, that's all I can offer. Thank you. How's your gun? <laughs> How's your AR-15 giveaway? <laughs> Did I call by the 12th caller? Did I win an AR-15 or whatever they are? Yeah, no, not not this I don't, time. I don't not get a, this time. No, I don't get a free NRA membership from calling no. in. Uh, no. Okay. So F Trump, <laughs> he's a Nazi. All right, Mr. Gregory Schwartz, thank you so call, much. Yeah, please. No, I always I need the work. You know that. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. I'll call in always. Yeah, like I said, it's cold and rainy. Good one. <laughs> yes, peace and love. All good things. Peace Bye. and love to you, honey. Bye bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 682. 682, you're on the air. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Can hear you. Yes, this is uh this is Richard again. Hey, Richard, welcome back to the show, sweetheart. Thank you so much. I uh I love the show. I I think it's safe to say I'm hooked. <laughs> that is to our benefit for sure. I am glad. I um I brought a poem with me and uh, it's not uh the subject matter is not something that I'm proud of. But uh again, you know, I find that's the beauty of poetry. It doesn't matter whether you know, it's uh, the topic is joy, sorrow, revolution, you know, all that stuff can lead to a great poem. And this poem is about me and my brother. He's my only sibling. And uh, the title is a is wordplay on a, on a childhood nickname of his. But anyway, the poem is entitled Wild Tuna. Why is it easier to look at you through one eye 
as opposed to two, when we should be totally enamored with the thought that we have come this far, we of flesh and blood, but enemies of spirit, cannot go on this way. A desert of parched emotions, cherry wood furniture atop marble floors, transformed our home into an oasis of tears and coffee. This trivial mirage under scathing sunlight left us grappling for sustenance, be it water or be it love. Empathy should be our cry. We stood hand in hand, me and you. Now with gray hair for a crown, these life stories on our face, we joust over flashbacks and weaken rungs. And that's the end of that poem. Was that end poem? End of, yes, ma'am. End of poem. That was incredible. I, I, had, to, I had to close the line real quick because I had to sneeze at the end of that, and I don't think I got it done quick enough, so I didn't hear the ending <laughs> line. So will you, please, will you please read the last two lines for me? Not to, you know, I, I, I am a professional. Don't try this home at, at home, folks. But, yeah, can you read me the last uh, two lines here at home? <laughs> okay, the last two lines are, these life stories on our face, we joust over flashbacks and weaken wrongs. <laughs> that was a fantastic ride. I absolutely loved it. You know, I am you, really, really so glad much. that you uh, that you enjoy being here and that you enjoy sharing with us. I think that you have a really strong, really important voice in poetry. I enjoy listening to what you write and what you share and what you bring. So uh, great job, sweetheart, and thank you. Thank you. I, you know, it's, it's, you know, for me, when I do poetry, you know, I love to listen to other poets, you know, the, you know, the poets that come on here, I find are phenomenal. Uh, I like the fact that you're so engaging, you know, you're, you know, you're a great host and it, it, it just seems like the place for me. I, I could tell just from being observer, I said, you know, I think I might like this place and, you know, I'm not right all the time, but this time I was right. And thank you so much for what you did. <laughs> I'm so glad you were right. That's the, we, we are the ones reaping the reward for that one. <laughs> all right, Richard, do me a favor, sweetheart, and tell everyone how they can come find you. Uh, I'm at um, allpoetry.com. You can find me there. I'm at Poetry Soup. And hit me up on Facebook, Richard, uh, Richard Carl Evans. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week, honey. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Good night. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 807. 807, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. How are you? Hey. What should I say, Nyla <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing awesome. I was just thinking about you today. Oh, yes? Yeah, I can't remember what it was. What was I thinking? What was it? That's memorable. <laughs> no, I was thinking about you, and I was—I can't remember what I was thinking about. Oh no, that's going to drive me crazy until I remember. <laughs> I have a few so, suggestions, uh, but I can't repeat them. <laughs> I'm, I don't I'm even want. I'm not even. I'm not even jumping down that slippery slope. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, sometimes it doesn't take long for me to be bad at all. 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, doing the usual thing I'm doing from being uh, a precocious scallywag, I'm going to shift right at, right from that into uh, one of my more thoughtful poems and, and such, So, which is one of the things that I enjoy the most about myself. And, you know, when, one moment I'm being precocious scallywag, and then the next I'm like, oh, and I want to find love. <laughs> so, there you and go. I love pina coladas <laughs> yeah. and taking walks in the rain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, I am a deep, a deep scallywag. That's what I am. <laughs> so, anyways, um, I don't have a title for this one. Uh, I don't think. Uh, maybe uh, I'm not too sure if this is one of those ones that I purposely remained had it remained untitled. It may have been. Anyways. Uh, so I'll read this now, and I don't remember this one very well, so it's going to be interesting to to read it, because it'll be, like, new to me. <clears throat> okay. I want something beautiful, whether born of sun or moon, or sea or sky. As the oceans undulate and the stars, they pass on by. I want whatever that beauty is, whether it be present in torrential tantrum, like the mighty red spot of Jupiter, or the gentle snowfall of some mysterious far-off land. I want to meet that beauty, be close to it, as we come to be close together hand in hand. It matters not if this beauty is ineffable, inexpressible, or the most comprehensive, comprehensible and down-to-earth thing that has ever been. I want to be side by side with it, as its wisdom is imparted to me with no effort demanding, demanded of my yearning soul that sings. Come to me, O beauteous thing, O music of the stars that makes the heart dance and that makes the soul sing. Come to me and ease my burdens. Let me sing once again of happy things, and I'll caress every note of you like the luxurious hair of a lover as we sing the mysteries of the universe together seen through both the terror and that beauty of what it means to be at peace with one and all the living things. Sorry, at one with all in living things. So that is my untitled, I almost forgot that I wrote this poem. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever go back and look at things that you've written, Robbie, and sit there and say, now did I write that or did I write that down because I thought it sounded cool um, do you ever do that? Uh, kind of like when I looked uh, over my some of my university poetry, I saw how my thought process was so different. I wasn't as mature then, but I mean that's always inevitable. And uh, at first I was a slave to rhyming couplets, but I really got away from that, and I do my uh, kind of quirky semi-blank verse, as you call it. And uh, so when I look at that earlier university stuff especially. It's like, whoa, talk about a change of style. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, once in a while, it's like, oh, my God, that's so angsty. <laughs> Get over <laughs> yourself, Rob. <laughs> and then, like, I'm glad I'm not that angsty anymore. <laughs> that's so funny. Mm-hmm. All right, my love, do me a favor and tell everyone how they can come find you. Yes, uh, you can look under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry on Facebook and just under that name in general in Google 
or on Google, and you'll start to see me pop up in a couple other places because I'm going to be starting to post on National Geographic again now that the weather is getting nicer here for spring photography, and I have Poetry Soup. I have a profile on that now, and I've just started drumming with another group. Um, It's a traditional Celtic music group, and I play the boron with them, the Irish drum, so I won't be surprised if there's uh, a couple of uh, videos of me popping up with that too. So, and I'm doing those poetry nights as you've seen uh, in town. So, there's more of me popping up all over the place. <laughs> awesome. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> kind of like popcorn he is. Yes. Too funny. All right, sweetheart. Fantastic job. And uh, mm. you think you uh, think you'll be here next week? Uh, I should be. I, I don't. I don't think that there's anything uh, too pressing. So. Very cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you. If I remember what it was that I was thinking about, I will shoot you over an email. Okay. Okay. Do it tonight. It was, it, I know it was important. <laughs> I should start writing things down. All right, hun. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta ride you. I know. <laughs> I know. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Yes. Thanks, yes. sweetie. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller looks like we have... Glenn, are you back? Did you want to read again, hon? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Sure. Hold on. Let me me take the headphones out because it might sound a little bit better. Is that better? Yeah, you sound much better. Yeah, I always forget to do that because I just really don't give a fuck, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, but see, then I can't read the poetry. Well, maybe I can. Lobby, that was great, bro. Even though you didn't remember this, well, I'm just gonna have to say this, Robbie. Robbie, I've known you for a long day. But I've never understood a poet that couldn't write a poem without a title. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But with you, I get it because, you know, you've been around the block. We've been – we go back to MySpace. So with that said <laughs> and done, Robbie, I want to commend you. <laughs> that was pretty awesome, dude. I always Hold put on, a title on mine, this. but 99.9999% of the time – it's, yeah, uh, something like that. It's it's something I find in the poem to title it after it's written. I can't do like Andy Andy does. He has a giant book of titles, and he'll just go through and pick a title and write a poem to that title. There's no way I can do that. I'm just it's crazy the way I that he just, does. I, I'm like you. I'm like you. I cannot write a poem without a title. There's just no fucking way because I don't know. I mean, I don't get. I I, I don't. Um, I'm not going to say that I, well, you know, for poets that do that, I get it. You know, I guess I do. Maybe I'm trying to measure myself onto their blend, but I just I just don't see how you can write a poem without a title. But then again, who the fuck am I? So, oh, we all, that, that's what's so amazing for me. That's, that's uh, I mean, how we are all so different as writers. You know, the different habits yeah. we have, the different quirks, the different things, the different traditions, the different, you know, whatever you want to call them, 
you know, our our own little way of doing things. It just it amazes me. It's one of the things that fascinates me about the creative souls. Well, I, I will just say this, okay? no one's the same. Um, I will just say this. In writing a poem without a title, it would be like writing a movie without a script, without a, uh, a movie script without a title to it. And so how are you going to sell that? Um, how How is that going to blend into Hollywood if you're selling trying to sell that to, to, you know, producer or, you know, I mean, but that's just me. I'm not saying that, Robbie, I love you. I love the fuck out of you, bro. I mean, I always have. Uh, but I just, I never understood how a poet can write a, a piece of, of uh, poetry without a title. I just, you know. And therein lies the mystery of the creative soul, eh? Yeah, I guess. The first question you asked was what color of nail polish you should apply. Gave me two choices, black or gray. We settled on white. Your heart was what I was after, red all along. I figured I'd get it eventually. I discovered your true color. Baby, little did I know I'd find you in all of me. I tried to hide you for so long I got caught. In the dispensation of the mist in the mirror, love is a volcano, a dream erupting, but nothing comes true. Love is a runner who has one eye open on the road, the other closed, fixated on oblivion. Love is a battlefield. Straighten me up one more time. Bring me down as you lift me up. Love is that death. War and peace, a treaty, concerned about only one thing, who wins and who loses. Love is the battlefield. So let's go to war. Let's get this started. I'll surrender, get all my weapons down, and I'll paint your toes in purple. My name is Glenn Stone. This is called Purple. And I'm somewhat of a poet. I like that. And I'm just lost in the whole concept of someone painting my... I've never had somebody paint my toenails for me. Oh, you don't know what that's it's what, like. That's then. what I took away from your poem, <laughs> by the way. Just just if you want me to share my heartfelt thoughts, that's what I took away from your poem. Is is like, wait a minute, I feel so cheated in life. Nobody has ever painted my toenails. You don't know what you're missing, girl. I just, you know, I, it's a, I just, a, such a foreign concept. I've never had anyone take uh, my toenails. Well, now there's something there on go. my bucket list. Yeah. All right, so you probably got a few more people to get rid of or get to. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, you probably got a few more people to get onto. So you got you got me to get rid of. That's for damn sure. So. <laughs> All right, Glenn. Tell everyone how to find you again, honey. Oh gosh. Google me. I'm all over there. I've been around since whenever, so just Google me. So I might not be where you're looking for me, but, you know, I'm everywhere. Anyway, Nyla, love you. Thank you for your show. Been around a lot. You are very who, welcome, who, sweetheart. Who Who is uh, who's funding your show now? Um, We have, last year it was... Uh, Star Severon and James Wan Sapien and Roy Murdoch. This year, 
the license, the, our on-air license is up at the end of the month. And this year, so far, we don't have anyone sponsoring the show. So anyone interested uh, in helping out, to, shoot me over an email. To, because we're going to have to work that one out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, yeah. it's uh, – yeah, anyone interested in helping out sponsoring the show this year, just shoot me a message. And um, what's, what's that cost nowadays on uh, blog talk? It's uh, uh, total cost is like twelve hundred for the year for three three hour on air hmm. uh, license. Yeah. Well, we'll get it going. That's what it's been for that. Right. I mean, that's unless they've raised the price. That's yeah. All right. Well, back to your your uh, your. Your gig. Peace. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. We will talk right. to you again next week, hon. Maybe not. Maybe I might be dead. You know, you you talked about this thing. I'm going to just say this uh, very prolifically, okay? You, you were talking about earlier on when you first introduced the show. You know, like, you know, what would you do next month? Next month is poetry. Uh, National month poetry, of poetry month. Yeah. Well, I already did mine. I mean, when I was twelve, when I was with twelve K poets, or I'm sorry, ten K poets, twelve. I don't know where that fucking from. Ten uh, K poets. Uh, we introduced a, um, uh, a volume, a production of poetry that was worldwide. It was beautiful, you know. And I don't know how, in my mind, I can ever even establish repeating something like that because there were so many beautiful p- people. There's so many beautiful poets that did that. Dan Kelly, um, and I, I won't even list, list them because they're too beyond uh, even naming. But um, I just might fucking kill myself next month. <laughs> that, that, that would be the ultimate month of poetry for me, seriously. And uh, I say that facetiously. I hope you know that, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, poets like to kill themselves. (laughs) Well, great job, sweetheart. Don't be bland. I'm tired. I've been talking for three hours. Yeah, I know. You can sound like you're tired. I am. Um, I'm I'm like running out of steam. I'm not a bunny. (laughs) Well, uh, what was it I just wrote? Um, something like uh, uh, something we both feed off of the of the spoon, you know, the spoon of poetry. Yeah, something like that. But at any rate, get back to your girl. Get back to your gig, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Great talking to you tonight, man, honey. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye, hon. All right. Oh, I cannot believe we got through all our calls tonight. I want to thank everybody for being here, both poets and and uh, readers and listeners alike. Fantastic to be able to spend this time with you every week. We will be back here next week, of course, at the same time. If you uh, want to, if you missed any part of the show, you can go back and listen to it in the archives about 30 minutes after this show ends. And then uh, remember that at the beginning of every show, we always give writing prompts and exercises. So if you ever are sitting there one night and you get stuck and you don't know what to write about, just uh, jump over to the beginning of one of our shows, and there's a plethora of inspiration there. All righty. So we will talk to you all next week. I'm going to close the show with a piece by Emily Eastman called Whisper. 
and we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Sometimes when Mark isn't home, I drink coffee out of his special Batman mug. Sometimes when he notices that it's moved in the drying rack, I wait until his back is turned and mouth 